0: Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 202. We are locked down. We are quarantined. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up?
1: That's pretty true. We didn't announce our guest.
0: We didn't announce our guest, but we do have a very special guest. It is our pal, Nick, from the great Pacific Northwest. Welcome, brother.
1: The crowd, the crowd's so, wild for
0: you. Oh, they really did
2: this time. I'm so, I'm just so happy to be back, guys. So happy. It's been too long. Dude, I'm so glad you're like on, the, year. on the show.
0: Yeah. It's been way too long. And sadly, because of I'm blaming the coronavirus and my laziness, that we didn't actually ski together this year, which was actually kind of depressing. Because First we've, time in a long time. Yeah. It's been like f- I think at least four or five years we had a pretty good streak going where we were mm-hmm. we did at least go on some ski trip together, but this year uh, we were planning on something for March and it just didn't happen. Life has become very strange for everybody lately, mm-hmm. and you know it just we just didn't make it happen. But at least we got this podcast going. We're all. But you all guys
1: have good things going. So what do you got going? Like let's hear about the good shit going on now.
0: Well, let's just get into the podcast. You got little
1: Benjamin, right? Let's, you, got let's little, just, uh, you got little kids going, little kinders. Like, that, that's good shit.
0: It's happy stuff. It's happy positive stuff. things. It's things that single single us would have been like, gay, yeah. <laughs> waste of time. Why are you doing that? But then grown up... There's good
1: reasons why we haven't all been to the slopes together.
0: Yes. There's been a lot of real-life stuff that's happened, but it's all good stuff. Well, not all of it. Like, probably... Seventy percent good, thirty percent not so good. See, there you yeah.
1: go. You got but a you know what? glass. Glass seventy percent full.
0: Yeah, seventy percent full is pretty I good. Know. But we're all we're all quarantined, but we're all podcasting. We're having a good time. We've actually been.
1: I do quarantine in quotes. Quarantine.
0: Florentine.
1: Florentine. Florentining. I'm florentined.
0: <laughs> You're florentining, which is a little different than a real quarantine.
1: Yeah, I'm working on my tan.
0: But thank you, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for all your messages and your emails. Check us out, SkiBumPodcast.com. Links to all of our shows and episodes and notes in there. Check out the store, SkiBumPodcast.com slash shop. Follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at ski bump Podcast. YouTube, SoundCloud. We're out there too. So check us out. And thank you again for listening. Let's roll into how we always start the show off.
2: It's time for pray
0: today. Mario, since you actually had a virtual happy hour today, why don't you kick this off for us? So it's
1: been a wild day. So, uh, today I had my first virtual happy hour, which I'm sure a lot of people around the country are having them, um, in the U S and around the world, actually, because we had some people from, well, this morning we had some people from other country and this afternoon, not so much, but, uh, No, they're doing the virtual happy hour since a lot of people are working remote. So everybody gets a drink, you hang out, you don't talk about work, and you still do the video FaceTime, kind of like we're doing on the podcast now. Uh, Did everybody
0: show off what they were drinking?
1: They did. They did. It was very cool. I was like, this should be on the show. But I was like, they don't know my alter ego and they don't know my last name. So I just kind of keep it covert. They just know me as you know, my, my call tag and that's it. You know, when I log in, that's all they know me. Is. So
0: I keep look it with you there. keeping it covert keep it real smart. Keep it real.
1: Uh, so everybody did that. And I was like, this, is this is like the operate today. So, uh, for operate after work, I did the, uh, I did the Buffalo trace, uh, bourbon, which is very good. I love, I love Buffalo Trace. I have a big ass bottle. And I tell you what, that big ass bottle got really small, really quick in the last week or so working at home just did you use the straw i did not like, put a crazy
0: I, straw in there why would you go through all the little loops
1: <laughs> i did the whole nice you know ice the, the president i actually put on like this college shirt i have a collared shirt now because i had like a fucking t-shirt like with stains and shit like i haven't
0: white. wore pants in three weeks since I've i'm still working not wearing remote.
1: pants shorts it's all shorts <laughs> <laughs> it's just
0: a cod piece.
1: That's right, so that was the first opera that was the first operate work uh, because I didn't ski today, which is sad. So I always had you know, pour a little out for the homies that ski. Um, and then I had the second operate, or whatever you want to call it, and that was the fancy drink with the gin and the fancy gin that I sent to you guys. Great. And now I'm back to a nice old IPA. So I'm doing crank IPA by cycle Brewing Company in St. Pete. Uh, they make some really good shit. I tell you, I was looking for... They make one called uh, Sugar and Cream. And that one is really good, but I couldn't find it out. And I've had the Crank IPA uh, at the brewery before. Really cool brewery. Really uh, really good IPA. I got to say, not too hoppy. Actually kind of light. And uh, pretty alcoholic, cool. I got to say.
0: So do they name What's a the lot IV of their beers after after bicycle parts?
1: they do actually their place is all like they have tables with bike parts in it so they did uh cast um cement with bike parts in it so it's kind of when you sit down it's like it's really cool at the brewery
0: oh that is pretty cool
2: what, yeah. what was the IBUs on that IPA you said it wasn't very bitter
1: uh wasn't it's not very bitter I wouldn't say it's as high as I don't know the IBUs on it but I would say it's
2: oh, <laughs> oh it's not a respectable IPA though yeah, should be you
1: can, Mario. I like these once in a while. Uh I like the I like the mild ones. Sometimes I like the fruity ones, the mild ones, all in the IPA range. Uh but this is I'm gonna have to look it up while you guys are doing your after right. I'll I'll come back. So what do you got, Nick?
2: Uh right, so I've got a a uh, fine Italian beverage going here. Uh, this is uh, oh. San Pellegrino. Um, no, he I'm, I'm hydrating. Uh, this is part of this is part of my um, part of my coronavirus sur- survival plan is to to stay healthy, not open a window. You know, um, stay <laughs> nice. hydrated. Um, but I, but I, I can actually be honest with you guys. It's it's kind of an accidental prolonged sobriety. <laughs> um, oh. in that I actually. You know, remember back in you know, this year, this was, everybody was kind of like, oh, I'm going to do the, the 30 day, you know, January, dry January, whatever the hell they were calling it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had actually been trying to lose some weight. I'd made a deal with myself in early December. I said, I'm not going to have another drink till I lose 10 to 15 pounds. No, way. full damn well. Since I hit nine, as soon as Pretty I did nine right pounds, there. I was, I was out. <laughs> um, but then we got to January everybody's everybody was doing sober January. I'm like, pussies, I'm going to do 60 days. You know what I mean? And I got 60 days. I'm like, man, eh, I'll do a hundred got to a hundred and then coronavirus is here. And I'm like, well, I can't start now. I mean, it's why open the window. (laughs) So, uh, I was actually tempted tonight to say, wow, you know, maybe I should have my first drink in a hundred and I lost count a while ago, but a hundred and something days, but yeah, I didn't make it upstairs to fill one.
0: So for you, man, no, that's fantastic. That's really cool. That, uh, that's really impressive. I tried it for 30 days last Two Aprils ago, I started taking April off because, you know, end of ski season is around the corner. You know, it's just a depressing month anyway. I was like, let's just add to the mirth, and uh, I ended up having a work event where we had a margarita tasting, and I sold yeah, my soul.
1: Margaritas, to, didn't you?
0: I sold my soul to the goddamn corporate yeah. whore. That's what I did, like the little sellout bitch that I am. So.
1: They're like, "Oh, Brian, are you not drinking with us?" You're like, "Well, well, yes, I am." And you're like,
0: "One of us. One of us. One of us." Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. So you've been over a hundred days now without a drink.
2: Yeah, I, I've actually kind of lost. I'd have to go. I keep the track of it at my workout tracker because when I was trying to lose weight, you know, I was counting calories and all that stuff. So I actually can look it up. But uh, yeah, it's hundred and something days at this point. Uh, and the oh, wow, weirdest, the, not the weirdest, I think what the most interesting thing was I just went through a whole ski season without a drop of alcohol like wow. end end but i didn't Damn. intend that to happen that because really season season
1: just,
2: it will it ended on me two and a half months early you know what i mean That's like right, we had man, you wonder least, why <laughs> we yeah maybe it's my fault maybe it's my fault <laughs> think um, of all those bars now, kind of an money they lost. yeah being in the whistler village and kind of watching the mayhem but not being kind of yeah, in, in out there in the ether with all those folks, it was a it was a different experience, you know. That's not uh, bad
1: though. Like, yeah, that's good to observe and understand where you're at, right? See the shit show that's going on. It's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: It's good though. It's good. It's good. That's actually really impressive. Dynamic. Congratulations, man. That's great.
1: Yeah, that's really. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think
2: it's anything to congratulate because guess how many pounds I've lost in all of this effort? Ninety. Eighty. <laughs> Three.
0: <laughs> Three fucking pounds. Maybe you didn't have that, that much to lose. Let's you just put gotta that pick one. up smoking again. That Same. takes the pounds off, right? <laughs> you may know me from such a self-help videos as smoke yourself thin. <laughs> I'm Troy McClure. You try Coke. That works, too, right? Coke, apparently. There's so many great ways to lose a couple pounds. Remember <laughs> right. Stacker, too? That crap? I heard, Ooh, I heard meth, meth is fat, whack good. fat
1: Stacker? Yeah. <laughs> heard meth is pretty good. But you meth might <laughs>
2: Well, teeth have weight. <laughs> teeth
1: do have. Yeah, well, that's right. That's you know how much weight you're shedding with each tooth.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, God right, bless Nick, you, man. So I it up. This is
1: 55
2: IBUs, 7%. Yeah. Yeah, very, but like very, I said, no uh, that's no, not a ton, but more bitter than I was uh, was expecting it to be. Uh, very but again, light. no, nothing, nothing. It's completely accidental sobriety. It just keeps going, and I don't see a good reason to stop. So especially with that's coronavirus,
1: good. So. you're probably healthier in general, right?
2: Uh yeah, I didn't lose any weight, but yeah, I'm sleeping. You know, it's, what did uh, David Sedaris, great, great writer, once said? It's like the the difference. You know, the the big thing you notice in sobriety is sleep. You know, nice. You know, uh, you know, it's like you know, you you wake up in the morning and you're you know not on the floor. You know, those <laughs> kinds of things. No, I was never at that point. Well,
0: um, the one time the last well, time on the yeah. podcast, you definitely had a few gin martinis and just vanished from the show. Like you were there, and then you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> you just left. Ah, uh,
1: yes. No, you went from here, you're playing with the dog, and then you were gone. That's it. And you're like, all right, he's gone.
0: <laughs> happened up. to all of us, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It has happened. The best was, Brian, the next day, I think, I don't think we taped the podcast. Yeah,
0: there was, was I think that. it was that one or a different one around that same time. I remember texting and being like, I don't think we ended the podcast. Like, I don't remember finishing that might have been it.
1: That might have been it.
0: It might have been that one. And then I went back and looked at the recording and I was like, oh no, we did finish it. I just completely missed the last 10 minutes of it. No, and somehow brushed my asked me to bed. A- it's funny. We 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 tend to put alcohol on this pedestal, but really it it really is not good for us. Like it's at not. all. It's not good at all.
1: I think most people that drink alcohol, um, like, would agree, like, it's not good for you. If you, if you were, like, tell somebody, should you start drinking alcohol or not? I think most most people would say, don't ever start drinking it. Right?
0: Yeah. No, it's not a good thing. Just saying. So maybe you'll inspire us to sobriety, Nick.
2: Uh, that's not my goal. That's not my <laughs> goal.
1: Not my goal. <laughs>
0: You could be the Martin Luther King of sobriety, perhaps.
1: That's right. He's the MLK of sobriety.
0: You never met no Martin Luther the King.
1: (laughs) Awesome! Here's to Nick, the Martin Luther Luther King of sobriety. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Martin Luther. We're getting you a satin jacket with that on the back. God
1: God damn! I love it.
2: No, I, I even got cut off a little earlier. I meant uh, I don't want to misquote Sedaris, um, but I said his quote about sleep was, "I'd squat down to pet the cat and wake up on the floor a later," and that's <laughs> that, that's a big difference in his life. <laughs> so
0: awesome. Touche. All
1: right, Brian, what do you got?
0: All right, so I posted on Instagram before that I have already started having my first drink and I'm already prepared. I've got a whole Manhattan bar sitting in front of me now that I'm ready to dive right into, but I started
1: out. Aren't Manhattan bars closed? Boom, boom.
0: Poof. He'll be here all week in his basement.
1: It's the only Manhattan bar that's open right now.
0: This is what I'm starting off with today. It is called orbital elevator. It is from the Beer Geniuses at the Burlington Beer Company up in Burlington, Vermont. They and I,
1: make a good beer.
0: That place is fantastic. I love the cans
1: too. Yeah, their,
0: can, their design language is actually really cool. They're all kind of this white label with this kind of geometrical pattern reminiscent of whatever their, their, their beer name is. This one's Orbital Elevator, so it's got like some space theme and an elevator. Double IPA. It is a uh, brewed with oat malt and flaked oats for a fluffy mouthfeel Hopped with mosaic Eldorado and Simcoe for a tropical and fruity pebble paradise of hop flavor. And fruity I pebble would,
1: paradise.
0: I would God, agree. Damn. A is thousand that a of beer? percent with this description. It's just smooth. It's tasty, little hoppy, but not overwhelming. 8.3% by volume double IPA packs a punch.
3: Nice.
0: Acquired this at Okimo Ludlow, uh, the, Do you the have brilliant beer there. Or are you good? No, Carried actually, out. no key string required. You just put it in your right car out. and you drive across Sweet. the border. No problem at all. Sweet. The border amazing. wasn't
1: a big crossing. You're that good. was
0: pre coronavirus, so things have changed. I don't wow. know what's required now. I don't know if you gotta just fire them up there, but use my amazing Yeti cooler. Got it back. Delicious oh, Yeti. Awesome, Brilliant Beer Company. I, I think every beer except Uncanny Valley, which wasn't bad. I drank it in the shower after eating like Irish shortbread cookies. So my palate may be a little bit not in the best place for beer. We were staying at a place in Killington and it's an Irish themed hotel and they give you like Irish shortbread cookies as like a little thank you gift. Nice. Delicious, but not the best thing to eat before having a beer. So it kind of ruined my palate. That's the only beer from Burlington Beer Company I didn't love. So... Mm. I have a beekeeper upstairs, which is their honey double IPA, which is awesome, and another one from them. Beekeeper also got beekeeper is fantastic. Nice. But now I think I'm going to roll into that uh, Manhattan Bar because we could all die from the coronavirus, and you know, yeah. Imagine I think having I'm
1: rolling into a bunch of stuff. So
0: imagine having Nick. I'm so sorry to do this to you, but imagine having all oh, those. You killed. You're you're kill, no, it actually isn't. Yeah, <laughs> this is gross. You gotta, you're so, not going to want this.
2: So here's the question, though. You know, like. You probably have some pretty good whiskeys there, I imagine. And then there's probably whiskeys you would never dream of mixing into a Manhattan. But given given that we're all looking down the barrel of death with coronavirus, break it out. I, I, I think all the rules on like that's too good a whiskey to mix into a Manhattan or that's too good. A, you know, when people say that kind of thing, I think that's all out the window, man. I, I
0: think it's like
1: this is this. Could be <laughs> I just had a chance. book of McAllen 25 and Coke.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm oh, Yeah, a, that's just going because
1: nobody far. else going yeah. too far.
0: <laughs> What's it called? A, a rusty nail, like Drambuie and Scotch. You're like a 30 year Macallan oh. and Drambuie. <laughs> well, because, this is my this is my go to. Why not? This is all the only I've had. God damn! This is the best bang for your buck Manhattan rye that there is. The Written House, hundred proof, bottled and good. bond. It's like less than 30 bucks. Hundred proof, tastes great. It's super underrated. You can can get it at a very reasonable price. So I'm going to pour two little shot glasses of this, of this rye, into my mixer. This is how I make my Manhattans. Two of these.
1: All right. This is just for Nick to like this is not part Nick of the pain of watching this the was, drink get made, right? No, this is this is gross. <laughs> it's torture. It's torture. This is like saw for not somebody just not gave up. You God know what? Because
0: freaking. I'm gonna regret this like an hour later. <laughs> but luckily, the good thing is if I crap my pants, I installed my bidet this week. That was my uh <laughs> I got the, the bidet lid.
1: Yeah, but if you shit on your bidet, doesn't it just put it back up on No,
0: your- it just cleans <laughs> it out. It's magical. And then I do, I do about half a shot of the sweet vermouth.
2: That's a lot of sweet vermouth.
0: It, yeah, most recipes no. call for a, well, I'm doing two shots of the rye. So usually it's a two to one. That's like the standard recipe. Mm. Then what I do.
2: No, that's right. That's right. No, you're following. You're you're not off the recipe. It just, it's, it's sweeter than I would have thought you would have gone on that.
0: And I got the Lugzardo, the Maraschino liqueur. I give a little splash of this. Just to give that little maraschino uh, love there. Mm-hmm. And I bought this specifically <laughs> because I was making Hemingway daiquiris one summer.
1: There you the go. The summer that.
0: before <laughs> Benjamin was born. I was like, let's go just get shit face drinking rum, grapefruit juice, and La- uh, Luxardo maraschino liqueur. Uh, pretty gross, actually. That explains why Hemingway killed himself because they were not very tasty. Mm. Uh, A <laughs> little bit of bitters. Just the uh-huh, Agnostera uh-huh, classic. Nothing, nothing too Damn, fancy. Sure are that,
1: those are the, you know, aromatic bitters. Bitters, Yeah,
0: aromatic bitters. Oh, I got bitters all over my goddamn computer. Because, of course, ah, I did. Ah, that's right. Matter.
1: That's right. That's good.
0: Imagine that's if bitters good. killed the coronavirus and we it's didn't better
1: know. Better than getting Fireball on your computer. Let's put it that way.
0: That's true. Again.
1: Mm. <laughs> just the smell of Fireball it makes me want to puke. I just I don't
0: I actually got some uh, I follow this one guy Paul Stamets who's like a he's like a mushroom specialist and he's all into like uh, you know like healthy applications of mushrooms. Mushrooms are like amazing amazing things. I got this spray from his company. It's mushroom cinnamon like immune support spray. It is the weirdest mix of flavors. Think about that mushroom and cinnamon. That's weird. It starts off like almost like a like a breath spray, like an Altoid cinnamon spray, but then you get the aftertaste of mushrooms. Huh. It's weird. But Can I not, ask why? <laughs> Is that the,
2: not the obvious question? Because exactly because
0: why. mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs>
1: <Because> <laughs> I guess.
0: Because so. mushrooms.
1: Uh, Alright. Alright, that works.
0: Do a little shake shake. Oh, oh Brian that. making it a little flair, oh, bartender. It a little
2: flare cocktail stuff. Cocktail style. Yeah.
0: that's right. Actually, right. shout out to all of our uh, bartenders. Shout out to Tom Cruise. Recently, <laughs> friggin' yes. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to
1: Tom Cruise, cocktails and dreams.
0: That's right. And uh, I'm drinking it like a gentleman out of a ski Vermont coffee nice. cup.
2: <laughs> good, good move. That did did you at least did you at least rinse out the coffee?
0: No, actually, that's what enhances the flavor. <laughs> a couple of grinds in there. Yeah. Couple grinds,
2: yeah. The residue might
0: have gotten a little heavy, like you said, on the uh, vermouth, but not too goddamn bad.
1: I, he, Nick called that right away. I was like, "You
0: did? You nailed it!"
1: Goddamn vermouth.
0: <clears throat> it's still good though.
2: My talents are wasted these days. I got to tell you, you can always add
0: more rye, right?
2: You know, he's... oh yeah, that's how you fix. That's how you fix that <laughs> problem. Solved. More, two more shots <laughs> of rye. I think you had. Yeah, I think your ratio was a little off. I think it. 2x, you know, the amount of sweet vermouth you need to you should just double your rye content, and I think you'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Then we'll be golden. Double the rye. There you go. (laughs) So speaking of booze and speaking of the goddamn coronavirus, speaking of Vermont looks like (laughs) Vermont breweries are struggling to stay afloat as the coronavirus outbreak halts the economy. And this article focuses on two breweries specifically, Stone Corral and Simple Roots. Uh, Simple Roots is in the north, uh, new north end of Burlington, and uh, you just—you read the story—and the couple that's running it just had like a new baby girl on March fifth. They have tons of bills, and you know they're ready to get into their busy season, May through October, tourists coming in, summer, and they're wondering now, like, if they will be able to even make beer and stay afloat over the next few months. They're like we can probably get through March, but we don't know what what's gonna happen after that and uh the other brewery in the story is Stone Corral uh and you know kind of a similar story. They have you know twenty full time and part time employees. they're now down below ten, reducing hours, uh food and beverages at their tap room is sixty five percent of the income for the brewery, so oh wow, you know these folks like you know, they had this dream, they uh, they, they popped in, they, they did what they could, they were doing great for a while, and then all of a sudden, like, you just see, not just, you know, obviously the, the human toll is terrible, what you're seeing, but there's so many ripples now hitting so many other parts of the economy and people, and you just... You, you do what you can, but like you, at one point you just go like, like, what can you do to, you can't help everybody like, but you want to. And like mm-hmm. people like this, like this got me thinking to, you know, probably jumping ahead to what we're going to talk about later, but it got me thinking about my ski season this year. And I think about all the great people I met at restaurants, at mountains, at breweries, uh, at ski shops, like just the great people that you talk to. And, you know, you you want to check on all of them and see how they're doing, and you want to help them in any way you can. But you know, again, you're you're one person and you can only do so much. But it just it it's just such a bummer to go from such a high. Like, I mean, we were all not thinking about anything like this four to six weeks ago, and now you see unemployment hit like three million people yesterday, and so many places are out of business or are reducing staff, and it just to go from that high to that low so quick. I mean, it's, it sucks. It's terrifying. It's horrible. But like, what can you do?
1: Well, it's terrifying getting, getting a small business up and running, right? Me being a former business owner, like that fucking, it was terrifying. Like having everything on the line, house, like car, everything like, you know, you, you fuck up once and you're dumb, you know? Um, these folks all
0: depend on you. Like all those employees depend on you making the right decisions to get to pull yeah. through this.
1: And this is not like any other situation we've ever faced. I mean, World War One, World War Two, maybe. But like we didn't have the economies, the number of people, like the the infrastructure that we had to support like back in those days. So this is really uncharted territory. So I just think, you know, if you have money and you have the means, you know, support everybody around you, you know, go out tip well, help support local business, like that kind of stuff. Like it's very important, you know, help out your neighbors, right? Like when was the last time you walked around your neighborhood and, you know, helped your neighbors, you know, helped the local businesses in your neighborhood. I mean, there's a great little coffee shop right down the road. And I go to them once in a while because there's a Starbucks, like right down the road from them. And I'm like, it's amazing. I'm always amazed that they're still in business and they're in business because, They're friendly, they're local and they have really great coffee and Starbucks is right down the road. So I don't know. You got to support your local business and and people in your community. I think it's that's going to be more needed when we come out of this whole coronavirus crisis thing than anything. You know, well, I think that's the key. It's like you can't do that
2: right now. Right. And so these businesses have a huge cash flow problem and. They have, even if they lay off their all their staff, so now that all those poor folks are out of work, but they still have expenses, right? They've lost inventory. Probably most of them were shut down at less than 48 hours <laughs> in advance. I mean, you think about how much perishable inventory a restaurant carries, right? Maybe less so at a coffee shop or something. They got to, A lot of that gets thrown out. They'll freeze what they can. Um, but then you think about the rents. and I, I mean, I'm a little... Different story in Seattle, but you know, I mean, I've I've talked to a few business owners over the years, and I remember one I think it was it owns a little tiny bar, you know, bar gym. Um, what do they call that? Uh,
0: no, B A R R E.
2: B A R, yeah, exactly. And it they it's not a big place. Twenty thousand dollars a month in rent. Oof and you think that you know you think okay it's restaurants they've got inventory but they've got rent like this guy but this guy also a lot of those gyms now have moved on to the pay as you go model you know they're not all like yeah. a fixed every month the re- the income comes in it's it's like you buy a pack of classes or whatever that may be that that revenue dries up quickly and they've still got a $20,000 a month rent that they've got to they've got to pay right and you don't realize lot how of them are-
1: fragile it all is right and then Yep you see these places close for a week and then they're out of business. It's like, Holy crap. Like everything is that fragile, you know? Well,
2: right. And you think about it, it's like, uh, you know, you have a, if your business slowed down, you know, but you're still covering 90% of your fixed costs, you know, yeah, you're hurting you're losing some money, but you know, the business owner can, can bridge that gap for a while, keep, keep their employees, you know, employed and and on the payroll. But when it goes to zero, like when suddenly you're footing the entire bill, yeah. Overnight. And for an unknown period of time, like you start pulling out of your savings that, okay, you're going to pay the $20,000 rent one month, two months. I mean, in reality, it could, before somebody's comfortable, I actually saw some data on this from a pretty reputable firm that does uh, research and they, like, it could take three to four months before the average American's comfortable going back to a gym um, wow. or it might've been more than that might've been four to six. You know, gyms are dirty. What's all not exactly mm-hmm. the cleanest yeah. places. But you start to think of the outlook for these, these business owners, like at a restaurant, a bar, when are folks going to be comfortable going? It? It's not a matter of when the Trump suddenly says, hey, OK, everybody go back to work or it's all OK. OK, but will customers come back? No, they'll probably crawl back. And so this could be very, many, many months of trying to cover huge cash flow loss. And I know that a lot of banks are saying they're going to help out and the government saying it's going to send everybody checks. I just don't see that happening or covering enough. I think we're going to lose a huge chunk of our small businesses. i think that I think the percentages are going to be staggering,
0: yeah yeah, yeah it's super imagine. unfortunate. Yeah. and you know one thing we kind of were talking about in our uh, our tech string today, the three of us, you know we're talking about you know airbnbs, and I've been seeing some some research and data that people are saying that a lot of folks went way over leveraged in terms of their airbnb properties in tourist towns. You know, New York, I know Seattle's had it really bad with rent, uh, San Francisco, and I'm, I would have to assume ski towns as well, like big touristy ski towns, that a lot of these folks are over leveraged, lost all of their, uh, their renters starting mid March, and now are going to be underwater starting in April. And with no real silver bullet, people coming back all of a sudden. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, when are they really going to get those those people traveling abstract, again? Man. I mean, it's so going to be
1: abstract, months. Like you have these places. Mm-hmm. Why do people want to go to these places? Because they're open. Right now, there's nothing open. There's no sporting events going on. There's nothing. Right. There's nothing happening. There's no concerts.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, I mean, so until those open those, up, you're not going to even have a business to like, you know be in support of that you know and i'm guessing
2: i'm guessing i mean nobody knows right we're all just kind of throwing darts but i'm guessing that those big large crowd events that bring people into a local economy like i think those will be one of the last things to return to normalcy you know is i don't think
1: it's going to return thousands normalcy. of people it's going to be a except new florida normal. no but it's going <laughs> to be a new normal like in general it's going to be a new normal you have an event they're going to they're going to craft it a different way they're going to like control the crowds different way like things are going to be a little bit different right the way you check people coming into an event may be different it might be maybe you don't have you know eighty thousand people in a crowd maybe you have half that and you separate the crowd a little bit different like i think things are going to be a little bit different if not people are going to act a little bit different
0: well they're saying now that mardi gras may have been a huge catalyst for spreading the coronavirus because oh, yeah what was orleans. that like like mid mid february mid late february uh before it really got the the headlines and yeah. the, the attention of a lot of folks and they were all people there in new orleans louisiana just partying and that may have been a a, a big a big hub for that
1: well that's one of the reasons they say iran has like a big spread because they didn't want to squash the elections, So they let people come out in crowds and vote and they all got Corona, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, what are you going to do with this election? Right. What are you going to do with the next election? What are you going to do with the next Super Bowl? Like it's all going to happen. Like, you know, the Olympics, you have people from all around the world coming in one place. Like that's the worst thing you could have happen right now.
0: And right? you know what? Every year, since we started this podcast, we've said we're going to Burning Man. Guess what? We're not going to be able to go anymore. We can't go to Burning Man now. They're not going to allow it.
2: Fuck Burning Man. There's going to be like six people in Burning Man. That might be the most dangerous
1: place on earth to be. Seriously, right? Just for drug toxicity alone, but now for for coronavirus well burning man happens <laughs> what like
0: late august early september right before labor day weekend so let's just say it's all under control everything is cool burning man happens all of a sudden it flares up again
1: yeah well everything to about coachella right because coachella was a big deal oh, who was
0: that celebrity twat who was all <laughs> pissed off about it what the hell was it, their name
1: i know what to mention to get pride
0: fired up for Ariana or <laughs> Helena. Or That's right. What the hell her go. name was? Who cares? Uh, like she was all like pissed off. Like people are going to die. Like whatever.
1: Montana, Ariana. I just want to go do
0: like Molly with my friend and like, listen to the, the chain smokers and This is where you get them going. You got to find just a, got a fuel. you got to feel it. I had to go back this into my head and find something like, <laughs> cool. And we'll say with everything being shut down the last couple of weeks, The one thing I do not miss is the shit music they would play at my gym (laughs) that I don't have to hear right now. Like, thank God. You got to find the silver linings, folks. And that is my silverest of linings that I can find. So what's better
1: for you, Nick, now that we're in this new Corona shutdown?
2: I love... I mean, this is is really kind of pathetic because I had a... uh, pretty short commute to begin with. Um, So I can, I can walk you guys seen where I live. I, I, my walk to work is less than a mile, less than a mile to walk from my house door to door. And if I drive on a good day, it's, you know, it's five minutes and I have a nice car. So I drive a lot. I've lost that commute. And for some reason I am so stoked that I don't even have to do that incredibly (laughs) pathetic. And I'm, I'm saying this with, with Brian, like right here who's spending. What did you say? A couple like $650 a month, 600 hours a
0: and day, $50 for We're three hours way. of commuting. Mm-hmm. I just want
2: to say how ludicrous that is, first of all. And it's three hours a day, like that's an three hours for, a day. It's it just that's such a huge chunk of your
1: I never look back waking on that. Brian. Existence, oh wow,
0: see, it's horrible, <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Um. But and the crazy thing is, if you live in the New York City metro area and your commute is under an hour and a half each way, people are like, that's pretty good. That's how stupid <laughs> that's how stupid the entire New York City metro area is. And again, I don't want to be happy or be like, ha I told you so. But I've been bitching about this for a long time. And now what's the epicenter of the coronavirus? New York goddamn city. Mm hmm. I want to hear an updated version of that Empire State of Mind song by fucking Alicia Keys and fucking Jay-Z. I want to hear the Uh, updated coronavirus version of that song. The coronavirus remix of Empire State of Mind. (laughs) Corona remix? Yeah. Concrete jungle where nobody fucking can go outside right now because they all got the goddamn coronavirus. Homeless people are taking over Times Square. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it for New York.
1: I don't look back. I mean, <laughs> I left it and I was sad to leave it because I grew up there, but I tell you what, I'm fucking glad I moved down here. And, uh, I tell you what, I, I bike more and I love the fact that everything slowed down a little bit.
0: Dude, it's seriously like I am legend there right now. Like yeah. people are not on the streets. It's saw, creepy as hell.
1: They showed it on the, the news today. And I was like, you know what I thought? The first thing I thought was I want to bike through New York city right now. I just want to fucking just create your respirator
0: on With yeah. your Ghostbusters backpack on.
1: Ghostbusters just run around, man. It'd be great. <laughs> um, no, but I like the fact that everything calmed down a little bit. Everybody's all fucking cranked up. Like, this is when we got to slow down. And I think, look at what's really important to us. Family, um, how you live your life, enjoying Not your commuting. Life, right? And I think people are realizing now, not commuting, you know, maybe your work is... Everybody's stressed about work because it gives them a way to live their life. And I think people are realizing that it's the way to live your life. It's not your life. It's work. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I like about things slowing down a little bit is I realize, hey, man, I go on a bike ride. I feel fucking great. I'd rather be skiing. But I love the fact that people are thinking about, you know what? I'd rather be doing X, Y, or Z than running around at work and making other people fucking miserable and being an asshole and not being the best person I can be every day and i yep. think people are realizing that now and that's what we need to keep after the, all this shit is gone
3: yeah yeah 100%. that's
1: kind of i think one
2: of the but that you I mean you're leading to kind of the 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 bigger question and i think you know i was kind of making the point that i'm loving not commuting so much and i didn't have a commute like by any standard i yeah. didn't commute right i mean i could hang up one call take a quick show and roll in and be in for a meeting in time but like Brian has gained three hours, three hours of his life back. That's he's just hours, hours of hey, man. And, well, know, how do you go back? But I can't. So the question is, the bigger question is, how do you go back? And and but not just you, you're not the only one experiencing this. There are yeah. tons of people out there who aren't sitting in traffic. I mean, at least you could sit on a boat. There are people who are sitting in traffic an hour and a half a day in L.A. or Seattle or any of these other places. What's how is culture going to change when people suddenly have to go back and realize once m- maybe for the first time in their professional lives, shit, this sucks. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and because once you taste not doing it, once you realize, there you go. Once they start to do this mental math and
1: they they get that quality time, their kids home every day for hours a, a year that you're fucking gaining from not commuting. Yeah, how yeah, much a weeks, one hour of your life? <laughs> we'll one think about- hour that you can't spend with your son, your wife, your yeah. family. How does that
0: work? Why do you I, think we? Uh, part of the reason we started this podcast was because I like I got to find a way to to not have a job, to not have a commute because I I hate commuting. Like I think, like you said, Nick, this was great because people are definitely realizing that we've been sold a false bill of goods. This whole like, well, you know what? If you're under, if you're under two hours each way, you're doing great. You're crushing it. It's like, no, that's all bullshit. This whole, like you have to be in a city. You have to live in a city. You got to live in New York. It's the place to be. It's all bullshit. We can all, most people are non-essential, but we've all kind of figured that out in the last couple of weeks. We're non-essential,
1: <laughs> non-essential. Why do we have the technology that we do today? Everybody, almost every company has had all the technology that is being instituted in place to work 100 percent remote. Why have we not been using it?
0: Because well, they give you that bullshit line that they couldn't. You only can do it one day a week. You know, we really don't have the technology to do it. It's like I'm pretty yeah. sure the last yeah, three yeah. weeks we've all been doing it and we've been fine. Yeah. Yep. I've actually showered more being home than I was going to work because I would because again because We're of my, because Probably. of my commute I would wake up and go. Fuck And then just I, I had my system down to a half an hour. I wouldn't even shower, I would just go brush my teeth, I would throw on some deodorant, make my coffee and go because I'm like, you know yeah. what? I'll shower I'll work shit, at work you gym. shit at work, you shit on the clock. That's what I'm saying
1: Dude, no, that's but I would I was just with your family making a meal, hanging out, having a little cup of coffee, just whatever it's fucking that is golden time, man.
0: I'm yeah. you, One you million percent. You're absolutely right. And it's it's really made a big difference. And you know, I know the the kind of the stock market economy, everything's going crazy. One thing I would be terrified to invest in right now is commercial real estate because, like you oh, said, god. like oh god, all these overpriced apart uh, office. God damn it! In, I just
1: put my whole 401k okay in yourself.
0: in metro areas. Like, I mean, New York, Seattle, San Francisco—all these areas with crazy expensive uh, commercial real estate. Are starting to, they, they need to realize now that that's probably not worth it anymore. But when you could all you be could remote.
1: Commercial real estate, mm-hmm. you could turn it into residential with a snap of finger. Boom.
0: Yeah, but n- no, you can't. But
2: why would anybody want to live there? Like, why would anybody you you want to live downtown if you don't have to right. work there anymore?
0: That's right? the only reason why people live well, in shitty little file is cabinet is because the they're close to their job. New York, it's because right. it's a place to be. Now, where do you think? Well, I let's, think nobody protect- should live near a ahead, ski
1: ahead. Area because it's not good. It's not healthy for you. Everybody well, stay that's away the scary, scary
0: thing. Move away <laughs> from that so-
1: because we're going to take the bullet for you guys and live near the ski areas, near the beaches, like near, near all the good shit. Because
0: So let's say nine months have passed. So we're talking the end of the year. We just the day after Christmas. We're talking the day after Christmas 2020.
1: It's like living near lead paint. Or as best as. Would let's you want just, to live near a No, <laughs> fucking stay away from it. yes Like this is the shit that we're willing to go and sacrifice ourselves. We're the frontliners.
0: So let's say, let's say, let's say shit line. gets crazy the next four months, and then things subside. <laughs> we're sitting there after Christmas, and we all are full time remote and can live anywhere. Like, like where are we going?
2: oh Ooh. I've been thinking about this nonstop
1: for three weeks. Yeah, I'm gonna have a crystal power. Oh, did I, did I just spit around. that out? Sorry, I was I was a little too quick with that. I've
0: been it? thinking about wow. it for three years. Yeah, but it suddenly became
2: like possible to not have to leave your current job, right? Like, yeah, not that maybe maybe we should anyway. That's a whole different discussion. That's another six podcast. That's but... once
0: you're drinking again, we'll have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But let's like, but we can take that variable. I mean, that's a pretty difficult variable to break away from, but we can actually break away from that scenario. Like, normally it's like if you want to go do a remote job, you got to find a company that tolerates it. It needs to be a role that tolerates it within that company. I mean, there's all these factors. And then, even then, it's kind of like there's pay scale and all these other things that kick in that maybe you're not doing as well as you were doing if you had that flexibility because a lot of those jobs maybe don't offer the same compensation because they assume you can go live in. I don't know, central Pennsylvania or something like that, where there's a lower cost of living. Ski resorts don't have that, right? But let's say you were able to take your New York City salary, right? And you were able to take that and put yourself anywhere. It wouldn't affect your progress in your career. It wouldn't affect your compensation. Uh, Wouldn't accept the brand name that you get to work for. Like all that's out. This is really just a, we actually are free to make this decision based on the one variable where I just want to be. Everything else stays constant. We've never had that in front of us like we do now. This is really unique.
0: Yeah, and uh, I I will say that this coronavirus outbreak and my current family situation has made me think a little differently about this because one of the priorities in that list is not just being near great skiing. And I want it to be relatively remote, but I'm also valuing having a good university and hospital system. Like that's playing mm. into that's playing into the equation a little bit more than it ever did. Ooh.
2: I'm really glad you brought that up because I've been thinking about that a lot when we knew that we were kind of, we could work from where we want. It's probably going to go on what through April and you know, Easily. like Pagosa Springs, it's Pagosa Springs, a town near, near to my heart. I've been going there to ski Wolf Creek and see my family for well over 20 years. Um, it's a town. I know like the back of my hand, I watch real estate there. I've almost bought property there a couple times. During the last recession, I almost grabbed a forty-five acre pot. Holy crap! Was that the biggest miss of my life? Oh my god! Did I believe we could have been? Um, We
0: could have had a Unabomber podcast going on right now. There,
2: (laughs) (laughs) we 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 would definitely
1: Yeah, that. God, I can't even go there right now. Um, and Brian's (laughs) campers and hey, Nick, you're
0: right. Park here, bro. Got my tidy whiteys. I'm making meth. Like it's you know, (laughs) make meth. All right, just stay
1: on the back corner.
0: We're living in the now, though. We're living in the now. But.
2: But to that point, you just said schools and healthcare, right? So I've had a couple aging relatives in Pagosa. And when they really needed help, they actually had to leave Pagosa. They had to go down to Durango. Or if it was really bad, they had to go up to um to Colorado Springs because the healthcare, it's a tiny, they finally built a new hospital, but it's tiny. There's a handful of beds. In, and in a situation like it, it could get overwhelmed extremely quickly. And then besides that, also you talk about you have kids in the schools like. I think what is I can't remember what is the school rating on like Zillow when Redfin called like there's a centralized, you know, there's a score one to ten. Yeah. yeah.
3: the
2: the rating on the elementary school is a two, a Eesh. two. I've actually never seen a school with a two homeschool school. <laughs> <Have> you <laughs> That's
0: pretty, it's almost um, and, impressive how bad it is
2: <laughs> and. And you know, I, I don't have any experience of the school district there. I, I'm just reading what is on Redfin or Zillow or whatever. So I think Zillow was a school—the site I was looking at. So I'm not judging Pugosa. I love you. I'd move there. But uh, but when you start to think about those things, like some of these great little towns, you start to look at these other factors like that. And it's like, oh wow, I I've, I've never even thought about healthcare. You know, at our age, we're healthy. It's kind of like, oh crap, you're right. Like any sort of incident, in that that place is overwhelmed. There's just there's too big a population in this one tiny little hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you so look that's at why, what's like, happening a, now, and, and hospitals are getting overwhelmed right now, right? Yeah, you want to so. have like a
0: good university system with a good you know medical program, so at least you have like a lot of young you know new doctors, interns that are you know bringing the the new sort of knowledge, new education to those fields. So you know, of course, the default answer for me right now is like Salt Lake City. Because again, you have all these ski areas right around. You have a bunch of universities. But you if have... you live in a
1: camper, can't you just drive to them?
0: See, that's the <laughs> problem. See, you Say come it. from a very different point of view. So like, just,
1: just drive out.
0: I got to think about school systems too. I got to think, where is this? Cool. Where's my Aren't little guy? I thought you were right?
1: talking homeschooling. Well, that's where to go. That's what everybody else is doing. They're homeschooling right now.
0: Well, this, this week, or the last three weeks has definitely been eye opening for me.
1: Um, All the kids are going through like, so Bodhi starts homeschool next uh, week. And it's like, they're all going to do virtual school. And I'm like, you know what? Why haven't you done virtual school before now? Like, I'm great. You invested in the technology. But think about how much money has been invested in having this technology and licensing until now. And they never used it. And I'm like, so why'd you get it in the first place if you never used it or intended to use it? You know what I mean?
0: I'm still leaning towards eventually homeschooling. But then again, I I have a lot of my manifesto it's in there. School. I'm not talking homeschooling.
1: No, I'm talking. I don't trust you to teach some. No
0: I'm, I'm talking homeschooling. We're gonna go hunt elk. We're gonna ski. Like that's. I'm thinking like what I that, that
1: I, is fucking gym class. I'm talking actual schooling. <laughs> uh, what are you gonna learn? School. The indoctrination
0: <laughs> the government wants you to learn all the nonsense bullshit. Not the about alternate. starting LLCs and writing school. things off. They don't want you to know all that shit. But anyway. One of the best, talk about homeschooling and being home with your kids. One of the best quotes I saw this week they said, if there's a baby boom in nine months, it'll consist entirely of firstborn children.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Well, that was fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> people are like so many people again in the new york city area it's like i'm gonna have a kid i'm gonna take my whatever allotment six months four months whatever my company gives me and then boom chuck it into daycare and go back to my job which is so important non-essential of course and now they're actually having to be home and parent their kids and they're freaking out because wow this is so much harder than my bullshit so-and-so and so vice president job at this bullshit bullshit company
1: they probably like, they just don't go away. I can't just drop them off. They're fucking here every day.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you really start to realize like, you know, full time, like at home parents, like that's a fucking job, man. Those little monsters are just nonstop. It's like zombies. It's like a zombie apocalypse. They just keep coming at you and coming at you and coming at you until their nap time. And then they're down for like an hour. And then it's back to the same thing.
1: So what I hear from people that work in the big city that are on these conference calls are like, I can't wait to go back to the, the, the fucking office. I'm like, why? We don't have to be in like I have to get away from my family. I'm like, Oh that's your own personal problem. We don't have to do it. You fucking have to do it because yeah. you don't want to be at home right now. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I mean, yeah.
2: I mean, I, I was thinking about that too. It's like you, you do hear, I've heard people complaining. Um, and like, uh i know people who held their kids even though they were working from home the last three weeks until the daycares closed they their kids were still going into daycare as of like a couple of days ago oh so yeah was, you Amazing. know here we are in in,
0: in like,
1: virus oh, a moment peace it's like really
0: you don't want to be around your own
1: kids i'm like... such
0: a great mom too yeah yeah and i'm in a different
2: place and maybe it's because i'm a you know i've got one kid i'm a fairly new dad but like the you know, when I go to get a cup of coffee upstairs mid-morning and I get to pick up my little girl and hang out oh, with her for 15 minutes. Awesome, right? Dude, that's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. That's like, mm-hmm. it makes everything that's shitty that just happened the two hours before that at work pretty much okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. They try to tell you, like, they watched XFL all weekend. It's like, I, I yeah. don't care. I really don't care yeah. about anything you did. <laughs> You're a dullard. Like, I don't care. But, but, but hopefully that's one thing like- I'm realizing this whole like working remote thing. I'm like, I realize how little I give a shit about my coworkers. Like they're like, yeah. I miss, <laughs> I miss seeing you guys. I'm like, not me. If I yeah. never see you fuckers <laughs> again, it'll be too soon.
1: I had the virtual happy hour today. I'm like, I really want to go. And I actually bailed on him. Like I stayed on it for about 10 minutes and I was like, yeah, I promised a 13 year old that I throw a football with him. So I'm going to check out and see you guys later. Cause that's more fun,
0: you know. Exactly. Yep.
1: Why not? I mean, it's fucking so. Even after everybody goes back to to work and they're like at the office and all, I hope they fucking miss it. And I hope they say, "Hey, maybe we should all work at home, uh, home again." You know? I don't know.
0: That's yeah. This I... is now. I've been talking a lot of shit about me retiring this year or next year, and. This working from home oh, you thing...
2: you're it slip again? Oh, man. Now it's next year? Dude, Dude. I, I'm such... Uh, slippage.
0: It was going to be 2020. It was 2020. Well, I did not expect the coronavirus to destroy my portfolio, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think that's the... I think,
2: I think we get a pass on that one. I it think not right. warrior on there. Uh, fucking on black
0: black swan-ass bitch event happened. You know, I get that. You get that mulligan. But, yeah, yeah like, seriously, like, everything that I... They're like, well, aren't you going to miss having somewhere to go on a Monday morning? It's yep. like, yeah, to the ski slope. That's going to miss going. That's where I'm going to go every morning. So I'll have plenty of places to go. Just not to some stupid shithead job with a bunch of douchebags.
2: Yeah, and I, I think there's just people that derive energy from it. I don't think any of us are that person.
0: No, but why do you think we're doing this podcast right now? Like, yeah. really, this is what we were born to do: was to just talk shit to ski, to talk shit about skiing. <laughs> Uh-huh. And to uh, the only problem is it's like the underpants gnome in South Park. You know, it's like steal underpants question mark question mark profit. <laughs> There's still those two question marks right there before our our little uh, profit scenario. I don't happen to Mario. He just got all Floridian on us and uh, seems to have left the <laughs> conversation. What are you going to do? God works in mysterious ways.
2: No, well, I, I do want to conclude to say I, you know, I think maybe it's just I'm getting old. But even think about this, like kind of and maybe I was starting to realize that how we felt about like it, it didn't even take this, you know, being sequestered in our homes for me to realize, like, what gives me energy and what doesn't. I've even started telling my direct reports, like when I when I have my one on one, i just said, I don't derive energy from this. <laughs> you know, this this isn't fun to me. Just do a good job. Get me out of here on time every day and I will support your career all the way. I w- I'd rather be with my kid. I'd rather be on the ski slope. So let's all just kick ass at this so we can spend a hell of a lot less time here and a hell of a lot more time doing the things that actually make us happy and give us joy. That's and perfect. I think I've shared some of the videos and stories from some of my directs with you, Brian, these like, I think something like 80% of my team are hardcore. Ski- I mean, it's Seattle. Everybody skis, right? Yeah. a couple of these guys are jetting off to park city every weekend because they have houses there or jetting off to salt lake, uh, salt. I'm sorry. I already said salt lake. Um, where's the other one? Oh, sun Valley. The other one jets off to sun Valley every week. These are people, they they're the same way. They just, we want to get this job done during the week as fast as possible, cut out early on a Friday and do something else and not think about it again. And that's our motivation. It's not climbing the ladder or, you know, impressing everybody around us. It's something completely external to that. And you
0: get to this a point really where just, you're like, wow, we don't
2: even need the interaction.
0: Yeah, you get to a point where you're like, I, I do all this work and is the payoff really worth it? And it rarely ever is. I mean, when is it you put all this work in and oh, look at, oh, look what I did and there's extra work and there no one really gives a shit. Like really, it's just, it's a, one of the best examples that I remember listening to a guy talking about, you know, buying a car to impress his friends and, you know, his coworkers. He bought a Porsche Cayman. And he's like, oh, look, I got a, I got a Porsche. And he's like, oh, huh, well, you should have a 911. And he's like, shit, I need to get a 911 now. <laughs> so, you know, you want to work up. It's like, oh, you got a 911. That's so cool. But it's not a 911 turbo. And he's like, oh, got a 911 turbo. And you just, you're always just, it's, it's, you know, the rabbit with the carrot in front of it, dangling in front of it, chasing after it. You're always chasing after something. And the guy said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm getting a Prius. I don't care. Because... <laughs> you you're never going to win when you have that kind of mentality because you're always chasing something you're never going to get like what sort of satisfaction is your job that you didn't start the company you didn't build this from scratch what satisfaction are you ever going to truly derive deep in your soul from your job yep you know like no, that's something- i was
2: yeah no it totally makes sense and i was reading something just it was an interesting snippet and i'll, I'll misquote it like a, you know i I always do, but it said something like we're like the, the last two generations are like the first generations humans that are more defined by their possessions. um, And that includes like their house, their cars, everything. than they are by their tribe or accomplishments or anything else that outweighed those things in every generation of human civilization before this. But like this, we're like yeah. the first. And they say it's only two or three generations deep. That is completely. They said that, like. What do they say? They a great quote from the the book was that people value, um, they 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 value their things more than they value themselves. And yeah. it was really it's an interesting prou- thing
3: to put. There.
2: It.
0: Well, think about like our parents. Like I remember my parents, they have like, you know, the things like they would collect like Hummels. And there was all these like yeah. things like they, the were, and shit. they were so proud yeah. of that they like, oh, well, we bought these collectible things because, you know, my parents, they were, you know, they grew up in Germany after World War II. They had nothing, literally nothing. And they worked as kids. They just went to work. They didn't have... They barely had toys. They just worked. And when they got to a point in their lives where they could actually buy some things, that's how they were showing that, oh, look, I'm successful. I can buy this stuff. And, you know, like I said, our generation, we're just like, fuck stuff. Like, what is... Like, I don't want just shit sitting around my house collecting dust. Like, I want to do something. I want to... And that's kind of why you get these weird... Influencers on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, that became popular because they were actually doing. Some of them were doing cool things. You know, they were traveling. They were going here. They're going there. I mean, you you know, you follow like any sort of like uh, like uh, like skiers on Instagram. You know, those guys who were the TGR guys, the Warren Miller guys. You're watching their feeds you're like holy crap like these people are like living the life. I mean, granted you don't see all the the crap behind the scenes they got to deal with, the injuries, the bullshit, the can't pay your rent, the you know, there's a lot of other yeah. negative things, but you're always seeing kind of the, them in their best light. What but I it think does in look in amazing way,
1: though, isn't it? Virtual stuff because if they didn't have the virtual stuff, I feel a lot of people would be unhappy. Because they're not happy being in their own skin. They're not happy being themselves.
0: You right? have to show off what you're doing. So you can exactly. get the validation from so people. Even if you don't
1: have the money and the wealth and the objects, you have the virtual cachet of who you are or what you've done or your accomplishments. You know what? Like that's why Ernest Hemingway is kind of cool. Cause you're like, he didn't give a fuck if anybody cared about what he did. He just did shit. Right. And isn't that like, you know, when I look at end of the day when I, when when I'm on my deathbed I'm going to look back and say you know I did a lot of cool shit whether people know I did it or not I don't really give a fuck right
0: yeah and that's I mean look listen I love doing this podcast I wish someone was like hey man we're going to pay you 20,000 bucks a month to do this you know but just, it just doesn't happen still doing it but we're right. still doing it because you know what? It's fun. This is like, exactly. an it's an adventure. It's like a journal almost. It's like a, an adventure journal that we're keeping. And I wish I could just completely drop off of social media and not have any part of it. Actually, that's not true because you know we have met some really, really cool people doing it, but I wish you, it it it's almost like you have to do it. You, you're Dude, forced to kind of, to feed that monster.
1: Right. A total yeah. fuck ton of money. Would you give a shit?
0: No, but you know what? There is definitely some people that we've met through social media that Well, that's
1: helping been, people that's different.
0: Yeah. That have been awesome. That I'm I'm so happy that we uh we now know and now are, are friends with. You know, so it yeah. it does bring people together, but you know what? It's not that fake bullshit social media crap where you're like, you know having to create some nonsense narrative and put that out there every single day. Like, Oh, look at me doing this. Oh my God. YOLO going here. Like yeah. it's, it's, we're trying to keep it as organic Yolo. as possible.
1: Like there's, <laughs> you said YOLO with a straight face.
0: I said YOLO <laughs> <laughs> sarcastically with a straight face, what we're doing versus what we want to do. You know, I think, like you said, Nick, this is all kind of where we're having to reevaluate everything and it's, it's starting to, we're having to be a little more honest with ourselves. And I think that's that's one positive that's coming out of this whole kind of crappy situation is that we're forcing ourselves to think about what matters.
1: It's going to make yes. everybody think. Yeah. And I think people have not been thinking for a while. People have been on autopilot for a little while, right? Saying, you know what? I'm generally in this bubble. And I think this way because I'm in this bubble. Now, like people are going to break outside of it and say, holy shit, this is broken every concept that I've ever thought about, what does my family mean to me? What is where I live mean to me? What does my job mean to me? What does having possessions mean to me? I think that's all in play right now. And I think it's good for people yeah. to have that conversation with who they're with and, and themselves, you know?
0: Yeah, just like Fight yeah. Club, and you and are you mean, not your job. Yeah. You're not yeah. your underwear.
1: But when would yeah. that have happened? You know, it comes to a crisis. It comes to a moment where you think, everything might end, you know, like, think about it. Like you, you really realize how fragile life is on this earth when shit like this happens. And I think you need to think about all the things you put in your life and that you're part of. And I think people are thinking about that now and it's good.
2: Right. Cause you need to break the cycle is all I was thinking. And it's just like, right. Like i am thinking about, you know, people I worked with who have gone home because, you know, to their families to, you know, they're living with their parents for the next couple of months and they're working from there. But they've just realized, like, wait, I live alone. My only social outlet's going to a bar or restaurant, you know, with friends, and my family's really far away. And it's like suddenly, when it came down to what's important, they just got on a plane while they still could and went home to their families to weather the next couple months. Yeah. Uh, And they broke, but would they have done that? You have to say, like, to Mario's point, like, if there hadn't been something major to break the cycle, to say, like, you know, where every day you just wake up at, you know, 7 a.m., you, you, you. you grab your coffee, you're on autopilot. And the next thing you know, you're in the office and the next, you know, you work through your day and you go home and it's like, and every weekend comes on you go, well, you know, I got to get back by Sunday because I got to go to work on Monday by 8am. I got a, ner- I got a big meeting or whatever that cycle. It's like, you become so trapped in what's next, what's next, what's next. You never take the time to think what's important. And I think it's like, almost like everybody, the cycle just snapped and everyone yeah. kind of goes, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I I
3: re-evaluate. Time to, th- to See it differently.
2: Yeah, I, I think it could inherently change so many things, especially if it if it goes on
1: a long enough time. Um, yeah, I think they make people better people, especially to each other. The not taking for granted a people lot of you live around like no, But I mean, like, you know, you live in a neighborhood, right? Like, like how often do you talk to the people you live around? Like, Dude, I had two now.
0: We had two <laughs> yeah. new families move in like right across the street from us. And we haven't talked they moved in February, um, uh, maybe in January, February-ish this year. We haven't met them yet, but I've seen them. They have they have kind of kids like my son's age, and you know, I've seen them kind of hanging out in the street together. Not, you know, at a distance, of course, <laughs> but they're like talking to each other. And I'm like, oh man, like they're actually like there's been more conversations happening on the street because where my home office is, I can look out the window so I can see what's going on. More conversations have been happening in the last two weeks than I've seen in the last you know couple of years working there. to your local area, yeah. You know, you're actually like, like you're actually developing a community, like a local community, yeah. versus people just mm-hmm. bolting out at, at six in the morning to catch their stupid ass boat or train to go to their stupid ass job two hours away.
1: Yeah, which yeah. is
0: nice. And the quote from fight club is actually, you are not your job. You are not how much money you have in the bank. You are not the car you drive. You're not the contents of your wallet. You are not your fucking khakis. You are all singing, all <laughs> dancing crap of the world. <laughs> Beautiful.
1: That's awesome.
0: That's an amazing quote. It is. I fucking love fight club. That's a great goddamn movie.
1: And I had that's, that's one of the things like, I don't know. Meeting people. Have you seen Fight Club? If they say no, like fuck them out.
0: <laughs> That's rarely one of the top three questions I ask somebody when I first meet them. But it really is. Boy.
1: Perhaps it should, be. it should. Fight be. Club. You guys, Fight Club. Fight Club. Fight What's Club.
0: Bloodsport. Bloodsport. <laughs> Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> kumite. <laughs> Are you down with Kumite? Kumite. Kumite. Yay or Kumite. No.
1: Did you guys see the Ocho this weekend? All right, so we're. (laughs) (laughs) They had rock skipping. (laughs) I watched rock skipping for like a half hour. I was like, "Are you serious, dude?" They had rock. (laughs) You know what I missed, and I was pissed off that I I had to go out of the house and I had to miss sign spinning. They had the sign spinning world championships. You know the guys that do the signs and shit like that. I fucking well well aware. Love that.
0: Um, wow, there's actually yeah. a world... T- you know what? I, I'm, gl- I'm glad some sort of sporting event's going on right now.
1: Dude, rock was, like, horrible. I would have rather, rather watched this curling. <laughs> curling would have been all right.
0: It's funny that you go on, like, you know, you you follow your social media stuff. Like, you know, we love following Barstool. And, you know, obviously, they're all about sports and gambling. and yeah. They're just like, like Portnoy like he's like reviewing like freezer pizza now. Like <laughs> he's just like he's quarantined. He's, dude, if they had if ping
1: pong was the only sport on TV live right now from China, I guarantee you there would be fucking big money in Vegas. It would be the thing on TV right
0: now. Well, dude, this is actually what's going to be the big push on esports because esports yeah. has been kind of this yeah. this beast that's swelling in the background, and now this is just going to make it explode because you know it's what it's. Still
1: he's been playing in a um uh PlayStation 2 uh NHL 20 tournament all week. It's fucking 10 and 0 kid's mm. running the tables right now. He's getting ready to go into the playoffs this weekend. It has been awesome. He's Is like
0: he making some I, cash money on this or what?
1: He's probably gonna get a new hockey stick and cash money.
0: Look at that. That's awesome. You know,
1: if it all works out. But I tell you what, like he's in his bracket and he's like Mel, you know Melanie got a uh, an email on it and she's like, "Well, this looks okay." So I sent it to him. He's like, "Holy crap, I want to do this. It's 20 bucks to enter. He's been playing every night. Freaking awesome."
0: Wow. Great. Well, I mean, yeah. think just think about it. they canceled March Madness. Like that's yeah. like one of the biggest gambling, going out, partying, like drinking, gambling morning.
1: Gambling, gambling. How many brackets people do bracket? Well, didn't even the, if you don't know gambling, you do bracket.
0: But aren't people doing like e-gambling now? Like they're doing like a like an esports. Like they're replicating the tournament.
1: E-sports is blown up right now. Well, they're like replicating the tournament and they're right. gambling on that. Yeah. So he's doing a uh, a thing all week. He's like, I can't do anything at eight o'clock at night. All right. Good. And then during the day, you know what he's doing? Practicing. <laughs> Great. You're in quarantine, dude. Just stay inside. That's what he's doing.
0: He's like, I'm built for this.
1: Yeah, just hanging out, playing games all day. Yeah, this is,
2: yeah, that was fun. Okay. I have no idea what happened. Technological challenge, I guess. I think
0: Amazon was uh, not happy with what they were hearing, so they shut you down.
1: Yeah, possibly. Bezos shut, uh, you named shut you down. Jeff shut you down. took
0: a few seconds off of banging his Puerto Rican girlfriend.
1: Oh! <laughs> so shut this Whipa. guy down. Whipa, Whipa, daddy. Bro. Give it to me, daddy. Cudo. <laughs> oh, cudo. Yeah. I bet.
2: Apple is now. I'm sure this is on an AWS network, and I just put their entire, uh, I just questioned their entire uh, employment structure, so. Oh,
0: so that's, boy. That's why, see? Yeah. And that's why your name you.
1: is, <laughs> Jeff McNutt.
0: There you go. I'm sure Bezos, if he had waited a few months to buy that place in LA, he could have got it for probably half the price. Geffen's place? Yeah.
2: Considering there are only three people in the world who can afford that place, I'm pretty sure that it's a stable market. <laughs> That's a
1: pretty sweet place, I gotta say. Could you just have you imagine- gone there yet?
0: Could you imagine his annoying girlfriend like, I would love this place is so nice. We should totally get it. You know, boys like
1: Rosie Perez. You uh, know that bitch was the
0: one behind that, (laughs) thousand percent. He said, "Let's just get a condo in Hawaii." Doesn't she live down there
2: though? Isn't that like where she lives? So to her, it's like you know, I'll just crash here when you're not here. I mean, don't want
1: it to go to waste.
0: Yeah, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the power of the pussy.
1: He God should have him. the new Playboy Mansion. It should just be oh, same. Should be the new Hugh yeah. Hefner.
0: Dude, I mean,
1: if I was a betting man, that's what I would say. Should like, happen. Just
0: got to just you're the richest man in the world. Just break free and just party a bit. Like like she's your choice. Like you gotta
1: you gotta let off some steam. right? If
0: you're a Jersey bartender, she's a great you know rebound chick. Exactly. You're the richest man in wow. the world. Come on, man. do a lot. It's kind of like Pretty Woman, you know, like
1: walking up, she puts the outfit on like, and you're like, yeah, no, you know, keep it going, the whole thing. Like, he's got to evaluate some stuff.
0: He's got to evaluate. He should.
1: Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't ever settle.
0: That's right. Listen, if she needs to disappear, Jeff, (laughs) wink, wink, we know you could make her disappear. Next six (laughs) months, if he's quarantined with her, she may disappear. I'm just saying.
1: She may. may. (laughs) I don't know. Wood chipper showed up. She gets, a little, find eh. Boom. She gets a little bit of a corona in there. Yeah, Boom. she had a
0: couple of drinks. She just dove into that wood chipper. What are you going to do? God bless her.
1: We're saying, wait, stop. Don't.
0: No, please. Don't please do that. Don't. <laughs> I uh, love you. <laughs>
1: anyway. uh, all right, let's go get something to
0: eat. <laughs> Is Postmates working still? All right, I'll order her down.
1: All right, let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> make sure there's a uh cam witch on there because i don't want to know i want to know who's touching my food <laughs> all right so we were kind of still in the operate today an hour is that so where we were later, but it's so all good
1: we this is gonna are gonna be the four-hour episode this is the first of four parts
0: <laughs> rumor is the gondola has been cleared for quarantine right now
3: let's get into the gondola.
0: So it turns out that certain marijuana dispensaries in some states have been deemed an essential service during the coronavirus lockdown. Of course. That's a beautiful thing. California, where recreational weed is legal, cannabis has been deemed an essential medicine for residents and dispensary operators are allowed to stay open, provided they adopt social distancing rules, according to the state's Bureau of Cannabis Control. Now... Massachusetts has a different way of handling it. They have deemed marijuana, not essential liquor still essential. They actually shut down for recreational, but are still open for medical. seems like a lot Mm. of other states are doing something similarly to that Illinois, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio, Oregon. They've loosened restrictions on medical. They're allowing patients to get their, uh, their medicine curbside. Curbside, I love that. You get curbside, which is nice. Feet. Which is nice. So they're kind of handling it like a restaurant would. So you, you know, you order, you place your order, you roll up. Now, have you guys done any of the curbside pickups yet? During you can the drive up, Madness? but I like
1: Brian's roll up. You got to
2: roll up. No.
0: A couple places. I had everything
2: have. delivered to the front door, man. I'm in downtown Seattle. Like everything comes to me
0: for nice. you. it's nice, yeah. There's a couple places by us that have the curbside pickup. I haven't tried it yet, though. Like I want to support the local shot, local barbecue place, but I haven't done the curbside because it's curbside pickup. So I'm thinking you almost drive up with your car and they put it in your window. Now I'd be walking up, which is that like walking through a drive up window, or it's not really allowed or.
1: It's weird. I think mean, walk-ups better, I mean, because you drive up, they're like, that's probable cause, man. How much weed you got in the car? You've been drinking, you know? Bam.
2: I don't know. I think it's the other way. In, in the coronavirus era, I think they're, they're like, they don't, you know, you don't have a box around you to keep you away from them. They might get upset. Like, they can't just chuck it in your trunk.
0: What if you're just, like, spraying Lysol as you walk up towards them? Would that be rude? What
1: <laughs> just fog <laughs> yourself? It's just, like... <laughs> <laughs> I think What's, they should do a dead drop for all of them. Just remember,
0: like, like Pigpen? And like uh, peanuts, <laughs> yeah, no, that, exact- that, that pile of dirt. People uh, like Lysol, like all around you, like a tornado of Lysol. Lysol.
2: Uh, I, what's super strange is that's exactly what I was envisioning when I said just fog <laughs> yourself. I was like thinking, just pig pen yourself right up there, fog and Lysol. <laughs> yeah. Just Everything's double, a verb, Marmia. Just, just double
0: barreling the Lysol <laughs> as you <we> walk up. <laughs> just put it in my backpack. Put it in my wagon. Just <laughs> <laughs> shh. Mm-hmm. Pig so, pen it up. It's good that a lot of states can still get their essential cannabis, except for Massachusetts, where they had to shut you down and you're only allowed to get it if you're medical. So,
1: well, because Tom Brady left, that's why.
0: <sighs>
2: I think well, I think the dispensaries perhaps. are actually on the essential list in Seattle or, or Washington State, right? Are they like just full Is blown it? open? They're considered they're considered essential. Um,
0: that's a beautiful thing.
2: Be. Yeah. If you, keep I'm not people- positive. I'm not
1: positive. I'm just, a, I, but I thought I heard that. Yeah, perhaps you, do some you. You will. You will research that.
0: <laughs> but it's funny, like now that there's certain things that are locked down that you can't do. Like you want to, you do-, want them. to do them. Like all the malls yeah. are shut down. Like I'm like I kind of want to go to the mall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't been to a mall in a while. I want to I go, go to, to Express. I, to
0: go to I haven't been to Express in eight years, but now I want hey. to go.
1: Hey, go home, I of think America. it's because a
0: bit. I think you want to go because of
2: big snow. I think you're just sitting there thinking, oh, you know, yeah.
0: it could be. No, you were in your head
2: thinking it could be July. It could be 90 degrees outside. All the snow was melted everywhere else in North America, but I can ski because I live in Jersey. Like big I think snow. that was in your head. I think you had this sense of invincibility, I think and then you uh, want an to go there, happened you? that actually stopped the oh yeah, I do
0: right now. Arrogance, arrogance. Come on, dude. We actually the were talking about on that guy. What the? What is actually, he talking about? We're actually planning a halfway to winter party in August yes. to do that, that, at do that, big, snow. Snow. that at big snow, that country back snow,
1: that country big there. snow.
0: I guess that what, would be the awesome, thing is like, dude,
1: We ski right through the express through fucking Macy's. Boom! Right into <laughs> right big snow. Right down the escalator. <laughs> <laughs> right down <on> the escalator. <laughs> right
2: in there. Can't I just drive down to Mount Hood and ski the
1: glacier that time of year anyway? Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. You could. And you could. Yeah, if I could. You wanna.
0: Probably way more awesome. <laughs> yeah. Grab
1: a yeah. slice yeah. of some barrels on the way on.
0: <laughs> well, did you see that was like a big fight there a couple weeks ago? Like a big
1: brawl. I, I heard you guys talking about it. Like, yeah.
0: It's such a Jersey thing to have happen.
1: If they had a UFC brawl, that would be fucking awesome. There on the snow, no you know cage, no, a- just snow, just slide. You slide down. You're rolling, sliding, punching, kicking, grappling, whatever you got to do. You're sliding down that.
0: Well, speaking of that, like, do you see that like, the WWE was actually doing their events in empty arenas? No, um, were they? They were trying to do that. I just saw some. I've been watching
1: the fucking (laughs) Ocho,
0: dude. I saw some article. They were saying that the WWE stock has lost like forty percent of its value this year because this this they're used to doing like multiple events a week. Plus, Vince McMahon is like funding the XFL himself, which had Mm -hmm. to cancel its season. They said he is just taking a bath right now like just oh, getting yeah. oh, vaporized
2: well didn't they uh, didn't they abandon what was they were in big with like tnt or tbs or one of those networks right and yeah. then so they left to move over to was it fox yeah but then tnt or tbs whichever one it was then just launched its own professional wrestling didn't oh, they uh, like, like
0: billy corgan from smashing pumpkins is like the head of like some wrestling organization
2: well I just thought it was funny, it's just they kind of looked at Vincent Manager and said, Yeah, what you do, there's not there's no magic to this. Like this is just there's you know, there's this isn't something that just anybody can, can do. Like we
1: we we can create <laughs> this so anybody you can make how much money doing this? <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like I'll just pay the guy that you want an extra million dollars more and he'll come do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Jacked Manactor's
2: yeah, I think a lot of, I think, I mean, not just, not just then a lot of companies get like really arrogant that what they do is something special. and They realize that the barriers to entry sometimes are just non-existent, you know, they're not just low, they don't exist. And uh, it's pretty easy to knock Isn't them Isn't that off. the
1: message to the kids that are out there? You're not that fucking special, right? Just saying. <laughs> like Fight club. You know what? You're not fucking special. You are not Anybody special. can do that. Pretty much. Fight. Well, I
2: think Big Vince should have realized this when um, there were probably far more viewers watching, you know, backyard wrestling on YouTube than he was getting any given week. I, I mean, Shrimp he should tree. have seen this coming about
1: 10 years ago. Dream, dream.
0: Backyard wrestling. Dude, that backyard wrestling documentary. I don't remember what it was called with Shrimp Tree. That was the best.
1: It was something dog. Um,
0: Dogfight. That's right. Dogfight. Dog have you dog fight. seen
1: it, Nick? Holy no. shit. It's the guy it who is- did Billy it's Corbin, terrifying. It is terrifying. The guy who um, did
0: the U and um, Money uh, broke yeah, on dang. 30 for 30s. He did that. great, season. but it's you know, like, terrifying. Miami it backyard wrestling or backyard like fighting leagues. They'd be like,
1: oh, you okay. think this is somebody like a big party somebody's like, No, they're having an event. You gotta pay to get in and it is like these kids just beating the shit out of each they're
0: other. They're putting like bedsheets up so people like who didn't pay couldn't oh, see in the backyard yeah. and people are like sneaking like cutting through the bedsheets so they could like It's what a, UFC
1: fighting bucks. like in a fucking it's like, backyard. It's,
0: it's where Kimbo Slice started like that kind of backyard lead. And who was you know? the was guy like,
1: that was uh like he was a uh, MMA guy he went to MMA after this dogfight fight thing.
0: Oh, he's the one who fought Kimbo Slice in one of like yes. the worst fights ever in like yes. Bellator. Yeah, what the hell was the Dude He was a beast. Um,
1: the
0: dude has never run more than like a quarter of a mile in his entire life. <laughs> he was like gassed out like immediately. There's like a pretty yeah.
1: jacked um, I'm gassed. Yeah. <laughs> I ran 2 yards. I can't. I can't. Yeah, man.
0: that was brutal.
1: I gotta say, if you can see that, they it's called Dogfight. It's on. It was on Netflix, right?
0: Yeah, it probably still is. Yeah. If you're quarantined, uh, I'm in need of content, I will check this out. Dude, Dogfight. that is con- That
1: is must see TV right there.
0: Yeah, dude. Like you, yeah. uh, you realize how how great you have everything, despite the it's coronavirus. Must see
1: TV, and then you want to poke your eyes out for seeing it. So it's great. It's like <laughs> perfect. That and Black Mirror. Yeah. You've seen Black Mirror, right? Yeah, parts of uh, episodes. Episodes. Oh, yes. listen, all if you
0: watch all of it, you really just, you're going to take your computer. You're going to go full Unibomber If you watch, <laughs> you're going to shut down series. all
1: your electronics and be like, we're sitting in this fucking house doing nothing. Nobody has any electronics. We barely have lights on.
0: Dude. The last one I watched was <laughs> the one where the dog was chasing that like mechanical robot dog was chasing uh, that lady down. I'm like, you know what? The Boston
1: Dynamics fucking, fucking dog. The Boston <laughs> Dynamics dog. That's I'm it.
0: done with this fucking show. Oh my God. I'm like, Over.
1: Nick, have you seen the Boston Dynamics, dog? It is terrifying. Oh. I will There's, send it
0: to and you. And that same season, the one with that little girl who got uh, she got lost when she was like three or four years old. So the mom put the chip in her. So she had like the iPad. Yes, it could it always the iP- watch what she was doing. Yeah. I've heard about that I'm one. Like, I haven't seen it. Nope. I'm like, I'm done with this show because this is getting way too real. Not interested. Over. Yeah. If you want to just, so if you want to come and join the Boston full, Dynamics. our Unabomber 2.0 compound, watch that show a couple more episodes and we'll, we'll all go out to Idaho and start our own, you know, Coeur compound out there. Okay. All that's right. all we need. One or two that's more episodes. Black okay. Mirror. That's,
1: a, that's, en- that's enough.
0: That's all you all need. Right, Nick,
1: I that's just put the uh, link to Boston Dynamics. His name is Spot and he wants to introduce himself. Why does
0: he have a name? Why does because he because he's name?
1: fucking terrifying? That's why he has a name.
0: Because we want to Holy know what kills shit. us. That's why.
3: Let's go to ski news. <laughs>
0: all right. So we've rolled into the ski news and it's all terrible news, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Colorado yeah, up, County man? prohibits all backcountry skiing due to the coronavirus crisis. All
1: backcountry skiing. How do you of like it? that, Nick?
0: San Juan County, Colorado has banned all forms of backcountry recreation, including skiing. The so band, how can they ban it, though? They shoot you on sight. That's how. They get those <laughs> yes. robot dogs. They just send them out there and go eat whatever you find. <laughs> you got like 20 of those it.
1: robot dogs. They just do take you down yep
0: pretty I think much i read that they were they
2: were enforcing uh if you if your car is parked along the side of a road in san juan county and it's not registered in san juan county like it's a locals only thing then they ticket you or whatever as well
1: oh so you just come up in a stolen car then
0: Or what if you just uber there
1: <laughs> yeah that'd be the trick just don't park right
0: just don't, don't park. park there's always a way around the system it's, but it's yeah. a pretty simple solution
2: Yeah, Um, but that includes silverton i mean that that's so i'm somewhat relieved that mineral county where wolf creek is is still uh still okay i guess if it's just san juan doing this but i mean you you lose silverton in that in that it's pretty rough
0: did you read about how they actually were exempt they found themselves they found themselves exempt from the ban on all ski resorts that went in effect like March fifteenth. Oh, yeah, 17. no idea. It's yeah. <laughs> no,
1: like, so, not, not really far. resort. They're, just they're like a place yeah, to keep new stuff.
0: Like really, we just one lift, a bunch of crazy bastards. We don't really have any trails. Like so, we're not really a resort. <laughs> then,
2: I mean, like... are they? I mean, like have we have guy. one lift.
1: Like really? Nah. I don't think. I don't think they count
0: that. Works. I love. I love that they fought the system and they were actually yeah. cool for like two days. And they're like, yeah, I guess we're shutting down too. Mm. Dicks get
1: two days, get two extra days.
0: They held strong though, which I appreciate. Now, this next article. Now, this is actually from our friend Eric Wilbur. This was a great article in the New England Ski Journal.
1: Very good. Yeah, I
0: don't know if you guys read this. Uh, coronavirus has waged a war of finger wagging and chest thumping in the ski community. Mm. And. Eric did a fantastic job talking about how he's like, I went skiing last weekend. He's like, people judge me. Some people are pissed off. Some think they're awesome. <laughs> but it, it really is one of those things where, you know, a lot of us, I mean, look at, we're, we're guilty of it. Or at least I know I am where a couple of weeks ago, I was like, yeah, fuck this coronavirus. It's a bunch of pussy shit. Have a couple of bits, a couple of drams of scotch. You'll be fine.
1: I went out to a bar last weekend because it was open on the beach and waited for the cops to just shut it down
0: <laughs> yeah and you went out on saint patrick's day yeah i did mm-hmm. when everything already, was open on saint patrick's day things were already starting to get a little quarantined and uh Well, oh, they
1: are very quarantined not not down here though
0: yeah and now it's unbelievable it's not even the end of march and every oh. single <clears throat> resort in north america is now closed there were a couple places up in New Hampshire, up in Canada, a few in Wyoming that were holding out, but now I mean, everything is shut down. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about it in our main topic here, but we are learning a lot about how much these resorts and these conglomerates value their communities and their employees with mm. this situation. Mm. Because <sighs> Let's be honest. We've been talking about it for over a year now. I remember, Nick, we were talking about it when we were out at Vale and Beaver Creek. I kept saying, at Beaver Creek, what is going to happen to this particular place when the economy goes downhill? Because it seemed like it was kind of teetering on relevance, mm-hmm. even when things were going well last year. And I can only imagine that area must be just getting spanked right now. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not happy it's happening, but it's just something that anyone who was taking a, a realistic look at things should have seen. And uh, you don't want to be a dick. You don't want to point fingers. You don't want to uh criticize people, but there were so many people who were living day to day, week to week, paycheck to paycheck. That's just the American way right now. You can't you can't fault people for that. We've gotten into that trap. Oh, everything will be fine. Everybody's comfortable
1: doing it, right? It was kind of like everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. There's no consequence there's and now- no
0: consequence and now you're seeing people who are like you know we have all this this uh the the government is giving these people all these re- this relief and they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna ban student people want their student loans banned it's like well wait a minute what about all the people who sacrificed and didn't buy a new car and didn't get a fancy oh. place and actually paid their oh. bills off like why should those people us does everybody
1: understand that like college is optional like you don't have to go to college just saying
0: like why why should that just get taken off the books and put onto the 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 taxpayers to cover that Mm -hmm. like it's not required you know Mm -hmm. like why are we paying like we sacrificed and didn't do certain things so that we could take care of what we what we owe
1: i went to college for five years you know i I... couldn't afford it because I didn't take out a yeah, I mean, ton of loans and didn't have to, you know?
2: Well, with grad school, I, I ended up going to the grad school that paid me a full scholarship and a, and they paid me a stipend. Like, I right. I got living money to
1: go there. Because you were worth tu- it and you were smart.
2: Well, no, but I turned down you tier entitled. schools. I turned down tier one schools to go there. I took, we'll call it, like, God, it's still a pretty damn good school to go to for business school, but I turned down the, some of the top programs to say, wow, do I want to go $100,000 in debt? Or do I want to go for completely for free and, you know, walk and actually make a little money you know, or at least be able to hold my savings so I didn't have to pay anything. They were paying me to go there and then probably end up, you know, with the exact same job I was going to get out of school, but not have that burden of debt afterwards. And I made that conscious decision. And a lot of people have those options. And but you know, I mean, it's, I'm not saying that this is available to everyone, but it's like you make those conscious decisions and then what happens if everybody just made the others and just gets bailed out? That That's kind of shitty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sucks for people who actually, you know, again, the three of us, we, we talked about before we even started this podcast and talked about it a little bit on the podcast too, is that, you know, we're not living the exact life we want to live right now, but we're all kind of, this is opening our eyes
1: well we navigated how we had to do to get where we are right but
0: we're we're what we're doing is kind of leading us to that place you know we're almost doing like that reverse ski bum that you've heard a lot about lately where you know we're not 22 (laughs) and just gonna straight bum it right out of you know college we're actually doing what we had to do sacrificing paying our bills paying our dues and then doing it way before the regular retirement age because we've gotten to a point where we can do it because we did sacrifice. And that's what this is all about is people are afraid to sacrifice anything anymore. They just want everything handed to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why this whole well, coronavirus thing is so much
1: come up. Like, well, that's why Like, oh, you become, have something, I want it too. I think I'm going to get it.
0: Well, like, this is why everything is so happen. much. Why everyone's taking this so much worse now? Is because we've had it so good for so long. Yeah, there was yeah, no major good. sacrifice. There was yeah. no war. There was no no depression. We've had everything we've wanted handed to us for the past our
1: exactly. entire lives. For the we most part, the best craft beer in the world handed to us. You want something from another part of the world? Boom! It's in your local store. Like we're spoiled by having everything at our disposal. Time that we want.
0: Yeah, and now we're having to to feel a little bit of hardship, and we're not used yeah. to it, and it's killing us. It's fucking us up. I saw some story about some it's nineteen year old girl me. in
1: the UK. It's killing some people.
0: Well, it's killing. Some, well, exactly. Metaphor. Yeah. The metaphorical. The, uh, exactly. the royal us. But I saw some exactly. an article about some girl in the UK. Some some Instagram influencer nineteen committed suicide. This is This what is, is, is just too hard. Okay.
1: Let's go back to even that. Even that, what you said, which is amazing that we all understand what you're talking about, like they're an influencer. What is an influencer? Like, just a hot, really, a hot
0: chick, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: what do what they do in society? Like, what purpose do they serve? Hot chick with nerd glasses.
0: Like, a hot chick, yeah, just, with nerdy glasses. People follow yeah, them, a, but yeah. like,
1: they serve no purpose. Like, there's no, it's not like a job. Like, it's not like you can go to school for it. Like, it's it's just well, the weirdest.
0: Well, exactly. that's, again, it was, a, it was a sign of the times. You know, you look yeah. at, I'm sure yeah. people in the roaring 20s before the Great Depression, there were some weird jobs that existed then. that you're like, how the hell do you get money doing this? Like a flapper? What was a flapper? What the hell did they do? I don't
1: no, think. Flapper. Was, Look at the yeah, flapper girls. A job, but, well, 23
0: Skidoo. Something. Look at that flapper now. I got I'm a, a know, job
1: like, for you, sweetheart. You'll be a
0: flapper. Influencers, we're going to look back and laugh at these probably in a couple of years because, yeah, exactly. What are they really providing? But, yeah, we're just in a, a weird place where we've been spoiled for so long. And, you know, again, we talk about this and, you know, ski season like oh, our season got cut off like that sucks. But like what about those folks who, again, were doing those lifty jobs, working at the resorts, working at the restaurants, working at the gas stations, the bars, all the places, the infrastructure, the hotels that kept those places alive and pumping and running. Those folks, I mean, yes, we got, you know, screwed over that our season ended, but those people got, they got really screwed because that was their, yep. their livelihood. Like that's how they Some paid people got sent
1: back to another country, right? Because well, no, it, it,
2: they lost their housing. They, they punted yep. them out of employee housing. So it's not only like, Oh, by the way, you're fired, uh, you know, two, three months before you were planning to be probably two months. Right. And like at Whistler, it was two and a half months early. Like, oh, by the way, we're closing the employee housing. So, I know you didn't have plans to go back to wherever you came from um, until May, but you got to do it right now. You got to get right. lost. I mean, figure it that, out, rough. asshole. Yeah. 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 Figure it out. Like, I mean, two
0: yeah. months is a long ass time.
2: Yeah. I mean, they might have had alternative plans. They might have had like a summer job lined up somewhere else, like they were going to transition from one place. To but then it's like, no, I don't. Not you know what are you gonna do for the next? Not my problem. Get the <laughs> hell out. It, it, these are people these are people's lives, man. That's just it's to me. It just I don't know. I well, understand that things well, had to change. So, so when you talk about
1: like they come from Australia, and then what do they do? They go back for our summer, and it's their winter, right? Yep. But that's affected too by coronavirus now. So like that's fucked up as well. Like it's all it's all just messed up. The, the,
0: the most messed up thing at the core of all of this is that how much money these resorts can charge for lift tickets, for hotels, for everything. Where is this money going to? Because it is not going back to the employees. Like people are are making,
1: they're scraping they're by. It. Those resorts are keeping it.
0: So what does that mean? So does that mean that if is it going back to the shareholders? Like you know, if you're buying an Epic Pass, like Nick, you bought your Epic Pass this year. I know you've got a, you've got a few uh, carefully so thought out words right? and ideas for Veil okay, for the Epic Pass. I do but like so, <laughs> uh, so. we're waiting?
1: It's in what, the holster.
0: <laughs> so what is? Well, so think about it. So if, Eric if,
1: Wilbur's article
0: right now. If you're buying yeah. an Epic Pass, you're buying you're buying access to Vale Resort ski resorts what are you really entitled to? And what is veil? Vale, what are they entitled to? Like, what is their obligation to give to you? Like, that's what we're all trying to figure out here because it seems like they are just screwing everyone over, I guess for their stockholder. Is that their whole end game? Like, is that their fiduciary responsibilities to make sure their stockholders maximize profit? Like, like I, I'm trying to understand it all. Like, I don't really get it. And I don't really understand their long game in this because it seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot everything they're doing. And if you want to just start your rant now, please do. Are we on the main topic? We could be in the main topic right now.
1: Well, so we had. Uh, wait, let's let's look at what we had. Uh, we want to hold back.
0: If you want to hold back, we can hold back. If we want to, let's just go right, right to the main it, topic.
1: We blow right past because everything's fucking coronavirus. Everybody knows what's going on. Let's go right to the main topic. I'm ready when you guys are. I think this is important. Because so I want
0: to, it rolls perfectly into it. So why don't you just, as an epic pass holder. All the other holder, stuff is
2: fluff. Let's we'll go boom right your, in the main uh, topic. I want to hear. It.
0: I want to hear how your well, I honest think, feelings now.
3: I,
2: I think I want to kind of, like, where do we start? I think the, the, I think we should just start with the full disclaimer, right? That we understand this is a completely unprecedented time. Like, no one could have seen, hope to God, nobody could have seen this coming. And it, drastic measures are required to keep everyone safe for the betterment of everyone, right?
0: Yep, hundred percent. So,
1: yeah,
2: I had to close down. We're not arguing with that. I don't think anybody's going to rant about that, right? And like decisions had to be made. This conversation is separate from that. This, this conversation is how you treat your customers, right? And how you treat, you know, versus what the the, the question Brian was getting as like, where do like Vail Resorts or any you know Altera, whatever, where do the responsibilities lies? Is it with the stockholder or is it with their customer, right? And this these are probably a fundamental question that businesses have been asking themselves certain asking themselves for a very long time. I think Amazon But if
0: you're
1: running the business, right, you have a fiduciary responsibility to, especially if it's public, to be responsible to the shareholders, right? Yep, Yep. So that's that's so they could say they're guided by that. Like technically they're guided by their shareholders. They give a shit about the customer. They care about the shareholders primarily.
2: Right, right and right. that's right i think you could legal you could say from a legal standpoint uh share, shareholders their who they're ultimately beholden to but then you know a lot of these organizations have kind of built their image and saying like vales and say, we're going to be 100% sustainable by whatever year they said they were going to do that. so they're and the environment's a top priority for them and they've always said we're a guest centric customer centric company we put our guests first because they understand that Customers are their long-term value, right? They need to make sure that customers come back year after year, become loyal, because that's what's gonna you know take them from one year to the next from a bad season with no snow to great
1: seasons, right? But customers and that ties are ties into their fiduciary long-term. responsibility for you know shareholder whatever interests. Yeah, but how do so they treat the, yeah. customers this year?
2: Exactly. So it comes down to your customers are your long-term value without you know, without long-term customers. They don't have a business, so that they're, they're, so that their shareholders will eventually suffer. So what's right. been really interesting to me is this year, though. So they had to close resorts, get it. But when it came to, and they were refunding hotel rooms, I believe, for uh, anybody who had a hotel room on their property, and they were paying back lift tickets that would never be redeemed, like you know, one-off day passes or week tickets. I think they were doing that. But when it came to the at least the emails I got when it came to their Epic Pass holders, what they basically said was. Your epic pass is non-refundable. That's the fine print. Check it out again if you want. Here's that, you know, webpage. Uh go fuck later. yourself. Yeah. That was Have a
0: great summer. So wait, they sent in the
1: email if you want to check out the fine print, like the whole thing, right?
2: Yeah. Like here's our policy. Uh, here we go. Bye. Wow. So that's kind of their communication. And I mean, so it's like, okay, wow. So that it's interesting that they suddenly decided to hide behind the legal speak on this. I thought that was a really interesting, I kind of get why they, and now I even got another email from them. I think it was actually directly from Whistler that was kind of like um, it was still hiding behind the legal speak, but they but they kind of now are starting to hide behind it. You know, times are so crazy. We're just trying to manage, you know, our employees and all of that. And, you know, we're trying to keep our employees uh, pay our employees. They actually hid behind that in the first month too. we're going to keep paying our employees. Turns out they weren't going to do that. Um, turns out they're now actually, I think, furloughing their corporate employees. I think I may have heard them. Don't quote me on that one. Wow. But you know, they kinda hid behind the we're gonna take care of our employees and then time went on and they um now are saying they're hiding behind the, you know, things are just so nuts. We're just trying to treat, you know, treat the most urgent issue first was kind of what they're hiding behind today. Because uh, I guess people are getting really angry about this. But the gist of it is from a so the you most urgent the customer, issue
1: first is the protection of their own asses. They don't care about the customer. They care about themselves.
2: It's really what it seems to come down to is, you know, they're they're really worried about themselves and not Mm -hmm. the customer. And so I think from a customer's perspective, it's like, yeah, some people broke even earlier in the season or maybe got really good rates based because they got their pass and they got a good deal. Maybe they got their money's worth. But a lot of folks didn't, especially like let's say in Whistler, Whistler, Black Home, one of the mountains always open until the end of May, like Memorial Day weekend. So a lot of folks might have been counting on, you know, those those spring skiing months to make a, the thousand dollar pass justifiable, and those months are gone. Um, I got to say, you know, I have a new baby at home, so I didn't get near as many early season days as you get. I just broke even this year. So mm. the real value to me, I was going to make at least three more trips up to Whistler. So the real value to me was still yet to come, and those trips are gone. Now, I understand that three was more out trips, of their
1: control. Oh. But that's three more trips of going up there. Even though you had the pass, you're going to spend money on a hotel. You're going to eat yep. up there. You're going to hang out up there, and you are maybe going to bring up some friends. I'm um, pointing at me and maybe Brian at the same time.
0: Just have buy a Canada yep. Goose jacket.
1: Fuck yeah! God damn, it. more boots. <laughs> no like, two, like, no or three. Buy boots up no. there. I don't know. <laughs>
2: I was gonna get yeah. one for Isla. You know, she she she's nine months old, but you know, she, she, maybe she's maybe
1: next year. She's ready. Okay. She's ready, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, where We've, March. Fine. You brought Brian up there. What did we do last time we were up there? Bought sure foot boots up there in Whistle Ridge, didn't we? We sure did. Yeah. Like, three grand. You get my in, point though.
2: It's, it, 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 yeah. I think where it's it's but interesting is it's like you think that they would have come out with something quickly that would have said, Hey, we get that not everyone got their value. Their full value out of the ticket, so I think maybe let's say there were folks that didn't get many days, and all they maybe they could have prorated the pass, or like, hey, if you had paid full price, um, we will take that part out of the ticket, we'll prorate you the difference, Mm. or they could have come out with something like, we're going to give you a discount on next year's pass, and that's good all the way up to whenever you want to buy that because we understand money will be tight for some folks. They could have not been tone deaf and still put something, some sort of we realize you lost value, we recognize that, and we're going to do something about it versus kind of hiding behind their expenses which are kind of bullshit because think of how much money they're saving by just shutting down
1: so it's I mean, not even cutting what out they did. Of their expenses, it's how they did it.
2: Yeah, it no it's all how they did it it's and not are they, what they did have it they, at all
0: have they officially right. like is there no chance of them giving some sort of like a discount next for next season's passes have they like completely thrown that out of the, out of the uh equation or is that still a possibility
2: no i don't think they've thrown it i'll be you know Completely honest, they even seem to be hinting that, like, they keep saying, "Well, we may reconsider, or we may, you know, take different action down the road." They've kind of left an open door, but they it ne- hasn't necessarily been specific to season pass holders. Um, but they, I don't think that they've. I don't think it's been a, a one way door by any means. I think it's the way that they've kind of hidden behind their expenses. They've hidden behind
1: the legal speak, like, "Hey, this is non," and and not- that was the front right out to present to you is, hey, yeah, don't fuck around with us we're like we don't have to do anything for you kind of thing,
2: yeah, that's been that's the kind of the stance they've taken from kind of day one is we don't have to do anything because legally you signed this contract when you bought the ticket no. and so
1: oops season ended early, that's your luck. and they, and they um, kind of use the nuclear option to start rather than do the soft touch and say, hey, you know we're having some problems, whatever we're gonna have to discontinue passes, we might be able to do something for you next year and leave it at that. And they didn't do that way. They they went the hey, you know what? Did you ever read your ticket? You know, we had the big fuck you in there, and read that, and maybe we'll do something later. You know, it's almost like the
0: South Park when they had the B, the BP CEO on there after the uh, the oil spills. <laughs> <Yes>. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He's like on the beach. He's like sorry,
2: <laughs> sorry. That's almost exactly what this is, like, right? <laughs> it just ah, it's awesome. But but doesn't this just smell like a, a future like Harvard business case study? Uh, you know, support like where it's well, kind of yes like no. you put your so like, your your most, but you took your most loyal customer base, and you almost put them secondary.
0: But the thing is about it. So I'm looking right now at the stock chart. So on February 21st, the Veil MTN stock was at 251 a share. Right now, it's at 150. Yeah. So it's oh, dropped shit. over a hundred dollars a share. Time to
1: invest in. Let's
0: buy it. It's crazy. You see the volume really skyrocketed. Clank, clank. Things started getting bad around like March 12th, 13th, When everything when all the announcements came out, they were shutting down the mountains. That's when the volume like quadrupled on what it usually trades in a day. Um but now, like that's a, so the one thing about it, so I get where you're coming from. I know I'd be pissed off too if I had it and I was in your shoes, but the thing is though, with Vail, like, what are you gonna do if your local yeah. mountain is a Vail right. mountain and they own it? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, you're almost so that's like they got you that's by what you the worry about, right?
1: So if you go in Whistler, like it's one, it's one tone you get from Whistler, right? But this is not just Whistler. This isn't. This is Vale. This is being giant, the giant conglomerate that bought up a lot of skiers. So what does this mean for skiing in general? Is everybody gonna stick to the little fine print on the back of your pass and we have to be nitpicky about like hey do we get into this or do we wait i mean next time they offer the veil pass um the icon do we take it or do we kind of wait for a little bit do we i don't know yeah
2: i think i'm really glad you brought this up because i think what we're seeing is uh the first strong repercussions of a duopoly uh mm. if that's the right i think that is actually is 100 yeah. uh, there's two players and they're basically equally priced they're both about a thousand dollars they have pretty both have decent coverage i mean if if you live in denver i mean i think the epic pass probably has the advantage but i think everywhere else are pretty well balanced um and so you're right they're both take it or leave it is really you don't have a lot of options just what will be interesting to me next year and, and maybe this is kind of the, is we'll have a very different as we've talked about very different economic scenario uh with the, you know when it comes to personal cash flow and everything coming into the season pass buying season um in the, when when is that this late summer early fall it
0: started 6 months ago you could have bought Wait, in it, your it, 2021 2022 okay, right. pass crazy. back in december crazy <laughs>
1: um, and those people are probably like kicking themselves right now saying i should have waited
0: but
2: think about it, like in, in the case of people who didn't get their value or they felt, so. They, the, the option is they don't buy it, right? You're right, Brian. There's only two options if you want to buy a season pass. But there are other options. They're, you know, they're advanced purchase. They can ski less. They, they Maybe they don't. A lot of people, these passes are only two years old. A lot of people have been rolling the dice that they're going to make, that this is going to be a bargain for them, that they'll ski enough <coughs> to justify the thousand dollars per household member, you know, per mem- per family member in their household. That's it, it, a, that's a risk for, you know, and they were able to get this pass to appeal to people who only got out seven, 10 days a year at their resorts and kind of capture all of their ski days.
0: Yeah. Cause they but jacked suddenly, the prices of the daily lift tickets up enough on a yeah. weekend where it right. didn't make sense not to buy the pass.
2: Right. And so that's the one factor I haven't figured out yet, but I know that there's going to be a shift in mindset of the folks who are saying, you know what, this seems like a great deal. I'm going to take the chance, and I'm going to do everything I can to make this worth money. But for all those folks that suddenly realized they actually paid more than they mm-hmm. would have paid if they'd went to the ticket window, or if they just bought, like in my case, an edge card, uh, which is only available to, to Canadian and, and Washington residents, but it's like we could buy our days in advance pretty darn cheap, I would have been far better off buying an edge card this year.
1: Really? Um so here's the thing. So because the season ended early, because the whole is like out of their control, but because they took that hard line stance, the value proposition looks not as good as it did before for people next year. And they're going to look at it and say, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm going to get my money's worth. Now, so now they have to. Do a bigger sell, I think, because yep. they give that big fuck you to people rather than say, hey, we'll we'll hook you up or we'll give you something next year. We'll give you some money off or something like, I don't know. Like, I we'll think give
0: it's you one extra buddy pass.
1: Yeah. But even the economy, right? <laughs> so <paid>. the, the, <laughs> the economy of it, like, so you're looking at, like, maybe we have less to spend. Maybe we have to worry about a shortened season again. Like now, you know, they could promise us next year hey, we're going to lower it 50 bucks and and now it's going to be worth it. Is it really? Like your experience, you're going to be like, I don't think it's going to be. I don't know. And I think they had a crack in time, to be honest with you. I think they had a
2: sense to say, look, we're going to help you out. We don't know exactly what that is yet, but we're going to help you out. And I think what you need to do is kind of shift that mindset from, wow, this didn't work out for me this year. But let's say they had this second thought of, but they'll hooked me up. Yes, I didn't get my value this year, you know what I mean I ended up paying a lot more per ski day than I thought I was going to. but Vale gave me a sick discount on my ticket next year or well, yeah. they just prorated. I only got four, one trip and I got four days I was gonna head out in April for spring skiing. I only got four days in, and they gave me half my money back yeah. um, or something along like if they just something along those lines would go, you know what it was weird it was a one-time thing, but Vale cares about me as a customer. I'm going to take that risk again next year. But just right. to go, hey, guess what guys? Did you read the fine print? Sucker. That what that we already have your such money. a bad taste in their mouth.
1: And you know yeah. that's bullshit because you know they're going to get some write off or some rebate or something out of some, this. Oh, they're the going to have some the insurance helping them out. Exactly. And they're not going to pass it along. They're going to just take that and say, "Great. We did better this year and fucking like pump up profits." I mean, it, it's it's so last year and the years before, we let them drive the market, right? So they told us what the lift Pass was going to be worth because they were the ones that bought out the, the companies and they said, here's what we're setting lift Passes out. And we said, great, we're all going to buy it because that's what we believe it's worth. Now this year, they're going to have to come to us and say, hey, you know, you guys are going to drive the market because you're going to tell us what you're willing to pay. It's a different, it's a different scenario this next year.
0: Well, I think a lot of these resorts now are realizing that they made a deal with the devil by yeah, yeah. selling out to Vail or to selling out to Altera. And I know I've said it on the past before and I I am so thankful that there are some mountains that have stayed independent. Magic. Calling you out, Magic. Like <laughs> I love that mountain because they they focus on what matters to hardcore skiers. They keep it simple. They have a they Have a, a fun!
1: I'm calling Marley right now. Hot food and ski bones Magic
0: Mountain next year. Do Wolf what? Creek. Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. There Wolf are Creek. these independent mountains exist. You gotta
1: get a Wolf Creek gang sign.
0: Wolf Creek. These Wolf places, Creek. they. You know what? <laughs> they <laughs> have never been more important than they are right now. I think yeah, we're, the we're all, are all seeing the fallout now. This yep. is something we've been talking about for a year and a half. That when things go downhill, these massive, like I said, duopolies are they're gonna they're gonna be banging their customers in the ass. And now we're seeing exactly that playing out right now. And we're seeing how important those local <laughs> ski resorts, those local independent <laughs> places, are. And thank God we still have some of those because how many places were. Looking at those numbers putting out by Vale or Altera, and going, you know what? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take crazy. it. We're good. Let's let's of do course. this. I mean, I don't blame them. You know, if I was an owner of a resort, working busting my ass for forty years, trying to you know make things work, realizing all the bullshit and complications, and if I could just snap my fingers and get a nice big paycheck, hell, I'd sell out too. But I think you're doing. That. Realize you're doing it for yourself. You're not trying to benefit your community and your local skiers and snowboarders, because at the end of the day, Vale and Altera, they're all there just to maximize profit for their shareholders. Yep.
2: You and have to drive at home. It's yeah. just, I mean, all the great marketing and all that, that they've done about, we care about the environment. We love our guests. We're all about the experience. All bullshit. It's all bullshit. All yep. bullshit. I mean, they're all there bullshit. to maximize shareholder return, nothing else. Um, yeah. And to, I mean, this is if this isn't a call to action for everybody who says they're a true skier, that they, that they're in it for the experience, to be outdoors, to to, to just love. You know, this is where you need to support your local ski resorts. Like, I mean, I love Wolf Creek, Brian. You love Magic. Like, we all have our places. Like, I, I really like Schweitzer too. Schweitzer's a fantastic mountain in northern Idaho that's a short drive for me from here to Seattle. Some fond memories up there. When, when that place gets hit, there's there's never a crowd. When it gets hit, it is just like well It's unbelievable. Um, we, we, that's where I'm putting my money next year, guys. got like I say, I'm not buying an epic pass next year. Um, You're on I, record. I, I'm
0: almost. You're on record now. I'm on record.
2: That. I'm, and I'm, I'm almost so bitter that even if they came back and said, you know, Nick, here's $500 off your pass next year. Well, that's never going to happen. Well, let's be honest. Um, 200 even. That'd be fair. Uh, I'm not doing it. Uh, I might buy a season pass at Wolf Creek just to make a point. I don't think I can get enough days in there. I get there every year, but I don't know if I can get enough in this, you know, a year to make it totally worthwhile, but I would do it just to support that mountain. Um, and then there's yep. that great pass that's sh- what's the the independent pass Indy called? pass yeah. That, that Schweitzer is a part of that. That might be, a, I mean, what was that? Two hundred dollars. And you can get a bunch of days at all these independent, uh, a couple of days at two days or something like that. Yeah. You got a couple
0: of days. It wasn't like full, like a no, it full wasn't season full, pass, but it
2: 47 was 47 resorts,
0: days. 94 days. So yeah, two, two days at each resort.
2: Um, but I mean, and if you really, I mean, if people look into it, I mean, I think they'll find that the, even the walk-up prices at these in, at these small independents are actually extremely reasonable. i I mean, I can't actually remember what I paid at Wolf Creek this year or last year, but I I promise you it was not sticker shock. It was probably sub $70 when I was there. Um, And versus like, even if I go to my local Stevens Pass, I think during like what they call peak weekends, which is every week, it's like $120 a day now. That's Stevens Pass. I mean, Wolf Creek. If you can get a there get it, too, right? right? That's the other these thing, are though. these are not even in the same universe when it comes to the quality of the skiing you're going to get. And so, well, didn't Stevens and, also
0: like shut down all passes for like all day passes?
2: Uh, that you're you're thinking like Crystal. of uh, Crystal Crystal Crystal. Day. Yeah, that's okay. on I- uh, Crystal's on Icon. Okay. Um, and Stevens is on Epic. Um, but and but also I start to think about think about the experience, right? And you start to think like, okay, so you know we. We've, the three of us have spent a bunch of time together at, you know, in, in the Whistler Village. Brian, we were just at Vale and, and Beaver Creek. Um and, and those experiences, like how quickly do we get sick of the village? Like kind of the of kind of the overpriced restaurant. Cutter
1: village, the same almost shit every time. Yes.
2: Yeah, almost and waiting, you know, if you don't have reservations a week in advance, you're gonna wait in line an hour and a half to eat. Uh, it's crowded. The hotels are jacked up through the roof. Then you start to think about these independents where you can get a gorgeous condo slopeside side, or in the nearby town for virtually nothing. You can go eat at a really quality restaurant that is surviving because its food is good and its ambiance is awesome. Not surviving because it just happens to be in Disneyland, you know, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it's no, not right. just it doesn't thrive because it's at the right place. It's because it's in the village. It thrives because. The people running it care, and they're investing in their customers, and they're serving great food, you know, great beers, and they have a great, and people who go there have a great time and come back time and time again. So it's like, if you really think, the overall experience is probably going to be better at these independents. You're going to go there, you're going to eat better food, you're not going to be in a, you know, a crowd, you're not going to wait in lines, you're probably going to get better housing, and you're actually going to be more immersed in the outdoors, which is why we do this sport to begin with. So. I, I don't know. I'm calling for next year. This
1: is the year of the independent man. And I hope so. we you know, I'm, I'm calling for it too. I and think like you this said, is the way it's going.
0: I will sacrifice some vertical if I'm spending less time in lift lines and having a better experience. That's, you know, like,
1: that's all it's about. Better experience. You, better you, experience all around.
0: And again, I I, I go back to Magic all the time because my last ski weekend this year, I went to Magic on a Friday and then a Vale owned resort on a Saturday. And I had a great time at both places, but it was extremely different. I mean... A lot more time in lift lines. A lot more. Hey, look at our slopeside condos. Look at this. This is our brand new so-and-so yeah. restaurant with the Starbucks here. It's like,
1: and if you pay this, this much money, you can have this too. Like you
0: can of- get a quarter share of this condo exactly. for two hundred thousand dollars. Ooh. Well, at Magic, it's like, hey, you could buy this condo for one hundred and seventy grand and live right on the mountain. Yeah. You know? It's, or you can come again, over you don't, and you don't hang have, out and just you don't have see the it, frills, you yeah. don't have the fanciness, but you know what? You have a great mountain, a fun place. You have the Black Line Tavern, which is one of the just a great epic spot right at the base of the mountain. You can look up, you see the whole thing in front of you. The people are awesome. The people care about skiing and snowboarding first and foremost, which we are that is what's being lost in this, this duopoly yep. land grab. Is that it's all about profit and money and number of resorts. And I got this place. We beat you to this place. We out we outsmarted you out 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 purchased you for this resort. It's not about the ski and snowboard experience. Yep. That's what's and it, being lost. And in and these to be patches. fair,
1: I think that's what's at risk for being lost, right? So it's the way they came out with this like verbiage this year, they're losing it. But they have an opportunity to come back. But we'll this, this is and the call it. out right
0: now this is the let's this is their this is their what the hell are you going to do moment
2: but yes yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it is no i think yeah. that's spot on yeah no you're right this this is yeah. i think preference they're going to choose a path in I'm the next with month, you. let's go that's to going, independent. that
1: could But Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't want to lose. Let's see what happens because they're great fucking mountains. I gotta say.
2: Another thought, I you know how like there's been a lot of talk over the last two years about what the icon and epic passes have done to lift lines at some of these resorts that were recently bought out. Like I can attest, having seen both sides of this, been a pass holder on both sides. I can say, yeah, the lines got worse. The crowds are more. Uh, Just I had a fantastic weekend right before they closed down, but I waited in some crazy lines. And one of those days was one of the best powder days I'd had. Uh, at whistler in probably a year um but what the observation was i waited in a lot of lift lines to go ski try to ski fresh lines right and then mm. even when i went out to the the side country gates which Whistler has some great side country gates they opened up i had a great bluebird day and then there were lines of people climbing up
1: you yeah. know up to
2: you know out to the sym- you know beyond the symphony bowl and places like mm-hmm. that and then i thought back again i'm like okay so you paid. let's say you actually paid the sticker price or an epic, even if you paid epic pass, price, you just paid $1,000 in a pass or you paid $200 at the at the, at yeah, the ticket window the to go stand in an hour and a half of lift lines to get to the top of the mountain, a couple more hours to kind of ah. get over to Symphony Bowl, and then you're hiking, and then there's so many people hiking by that point, you're really not getting that hike to experience. You're,
1: you're walking in a line at that point. Yeah,
2: if you were at Schweitzer or you were at Wolf Creek, you could have you would have spent 10 minutes getting to where you wanted to start hiking. And then you would have probably two days later, you could have still been hiking to fresh stashes <laughs> wow. out and like in Horseshoe Bowl or somewhere like that. So it's and yet it's cheaper <laughs> and everything else about experience might actually be better. But it's not even cheaper, it's better,
1: right? So it's so I, just better all around. But that's what, what I'm, I guess that's, that's what I'm question.
2: asking your listeners. What's is, the benefit? Why are we doing this? What yes. is the benefit anymore?
0: What is, is anyone is getting, it, getting from that? Do pack? you want
1: cheaper? Do you want more luxurious? Do you want like easier to get to? Or do you want better ski? Like, what do you want to get, right?
2: But, but I guess that's my point is like, other than the luxury, I think you might have nailed me on that one is that I actually, there's not a single, like, I think in the old days you could say, you know the, the lifts are more efficient. You know what I mean? Like I can get more runs in. um, There's more terrain that I get have a better shot of getting fresh tracks. None of that is true anymore. Mm. Actually, it's it's the opposite. You you're paying more to wait in more lift lines to have less fresh tracks, mm. and and to, and and take longer to get and, and to get in less turns. Versus, you can spend less money, get in far better turns in far better quality snow by going somewhere else. And so the one thing you might have, but you, you're right. You can't stay at the Four Seasons. You can't go to Wolf Creek, Schweitzer,
0: Magic, and stay at the Four Seasons. That's, how many right, real skiers really care about that? Nobody. Nobody. Nice. No exactly, real right? skiers yeah. give a shit about that. How it's much time nice are you actually fun spending for in a there?
1: Dream or whatever, but like, do you really want that on a regular basis? Dude, now? why do you
0: think so many hardcore skiers live in a van? Because they don't give a shit about that. All because they care the about
1: van is what you have in there. It's awesome, and it's the same. And you go wherever you want to go. You're sleeping you in the same have that. bed
0: every night. But you know? you know
1: where you're going. You don't have to yeah, switch no bed beds bugs. or anything like that. No Fuck bed that. bugs. More seasons
2: has bed bugs. Nothing.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. Well, like it you could, allegedly, care, I don't know. Allegedly, perhaps. But that's the thing. You care more about your ski experience than the fancy place you're staying at. After that, ski but it's experience. something you
1: don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about where you're staying. Uh, like you just park it and you again
0: you could exactly because you're you care more about where you're spending your day skiing than the place you're uh you're sleeping at that night that's or how much why, time are you spending yeah. there really exactly yeah and if you know what it's going to be very very interesting to see how if this model does blow up this year because it's very possible that it might
1: Well, a lot of people are going to backtrack on the coronavirus and why they shut down and everything. Like, so let's see what they do. But I tell you what, Nick, you got fucked right in the ass, like right in the ass, like not just a little bit. I didn't
2: get it even that bad. There are people who (laughs) I'm sure got really screwed. Destroyed. Got destroyed. There's some people that got destroyed. So think about
0: employ how many too.
2: people spring, spring break let's just look at spring break as a construct right so when did yeah. spring breaks when does spring break start for most uh, college kids uh, and week, you know school yes. age kids? Uh, yeah. no, about mid mid-march best, early mid-march march when did the mountains yeah. shut down
0: uh mid like right around the 15th yeah. of march
2: so, so if we can sit here and say oh most people got their whole season well spring break is a massive time for skiing it well, turns Huge. out a lot of people might have a, a, a lot of kids might have bought their passes thinking, this is for spring break.
1: This I'm going to give my value
0: in spring break, of but course. Also, too, like, I mean, look at the snowpack at some of those uh, Colorado, New Hampshire, or New Hampshire. March has been pretty good. Colorado, like, uh, lately. Utah, Wyoming, Idaho. There's still a, a lot of snowpack out there. A ton of
1: fucking snow fell.
0: I mean, look at, we talked to our buddy Hunter last week. He was sitting behind seven and a half feet of snow in Tahoe. That was... He really couldn't go down. If we, if we
1: had our own helicopter if Brian got his helicopter license and he had he drove that helicopter that's on his lawn, we could have we could have gone up.
0: Sorry, Benjamin's <laughs> got a little toy helicopter. I could have I probably could have got at least one person oh, yeah, up dude. there. A,
1: one person is a one person with a video camera that could have got us pow shots.
0: It's like our personal Silverton.
1: That's right. Yep,
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is, uh, you know, again, we don't know what's going to happen with this Corona nonsense and where it's going to go from here. But it's a it's a talking to Jesus moment for these passes. But how you you handle
1: people and how you handle like events like this make speaks volumes to people in the ski industry. In any
0: industry, right? And Mario, you made a really good point last week talking about it. Like the ski industry, the outdoor industry, they do not forget these kind of things. You brought up the whole move yep. from Salt Lake City to Denver when that it's was huge. the whole issue with uh, the open open space. Uh, the talk about the giving back the open space out in Utah and people protested, yeah. and that made the whole outdoor retailer move from Salt Lake to Denver. That's yeah. that was a tremendous move that was and that was all because of the people people were pissed off backcountry.com suing everybody oh with backcountry in their name yeah
1: they, it,
3: they, it, they I had the that,
2: like yeah that was the that was the that that was broke me i i'm done with backcountry.com i haven't shopped yes. there remember i i spent a decent amount of money with those goofballs in the past <laughs> but thinking <laughs> how that i, I boycotted you. them like, this year and i actually i went as far as stop i stopped following them on linkedin as one of my aspirational companies i'm like i'm out like any company that would allow their legal team to go after a word that is so generic in the industry that re- they require for their revenue stream, yeah. like, and to think that they could take ownership of it in the internet space, the audacity of a company to do something like that and not think and not being able to think ten feet ahead that there would be repercussions. I mean, they need you need to turn over your management team because y- y- you clearly do not have the foresight to be running a company.
0: Like who mm. gave the go ahead for that? Like they should give us oh, his name, goodness. you yeah. know, like seriously. They probably, that's, you
2: know, it's awful Brian. They still, they probably still have a job. They probably got a million dollar bonus this
0: year. They got a nice mm. golden parachute. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But think yeah. about like the people that are in the ski, snow, hike, outdoor industry, like people that support that are very sticky. They're very, they're very big on supporting who they like and who does the right thing. And if these companies don't do the right thing, I got to say like, they, you know, as much as they have the, and we the don't forget, we don't forget. And no. you know, there, there's a, there's a, a, a mojo to it. Like we'll talk and we'll collaborate and we'll say, Hey, do this, not this. Don't buy this pass by the direct pet. Like, you know, it it means something to us. Like this is, this is our life. We don't, we don't look at it as we dabble in this, or this is a recreation. Like this is, it's recreation. We love doing it, but we love it because we love supporting it. And we love the industry and what it it means to us, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's not, yeah, it's not. I want to bring it
2: full circle to what Brian said. You're, you're spot on and, but think about who they're alienating. Brian was talking about Beaver Creek very, very early on. They the alienated black yeah. people.
1: That's what I said. <laughs>
2: well, that's not what Beaver Creek did. But, um, maybe. No, it probably did. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. He was talking about how, like, when we were up at Beaver Creek, how, like, it was kind of seemed like it was teetering, and it was like, we were, the, I mean, we're not young. We're not young spring chickens. I mean, we're, we're middle aged <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing okay for age.
0: our age, you know. You're
1: not
2: capons, okay. you not yet. We we keep ourselves in shape. We, tr- you know, we we were, but we were the youngest folks there by a long shot, right? Mm-hmm. And so, this is an industry that is the backbone of the industry for gen- for decades has been baby boomers, and but what you've been reading in the ma- the industry magazines is like they're all trying to figure out how to transition from being reliant on baby boomers to being reliant on maybe a little Gen X and the millennials and then eventually Gen Z. Like how do we how do we because the baby boomers own all that property, they're the ones that have the opportunity to have the money, the means to live there and spend and really provide those revenue flows. And so you're trying so hard to get folks that don't have those means that, you know what I mean, who lose $1,000 of value, you know, isn't trivial to. You're trying to attract this younger generation. Yeah. And then you pull
1: something like this where you're just kind of like,
2: "meh." You know, it's you, exact, took, them, you
0: yeah. took the risk
1: on us. Yeah, they screwed true. over. Yeah, that's true. So what, what so you're right. you going to set for people that you're trying to get into the sport now, so <laughs> omit them from the sport, right? Yep. Yeah. because the
2: baby boomers are about done, right? They're hanging up their skis. They got a couple years left at best. And
0: yeah, they're the ones they're that probably get the coronavirus first, too. To- oh, yeah, there you go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I so, wish but, they're like, they're going to be You're, they're going to be so not I, buying Epic passes because they're going to be dead. Damn, it. damn yeah. it!
2: And so I guess my point is: your future customers, the next ten years of your business, is who yeah. you just screwed over the most. They're the most sensitive to this
1: move, and they remember and to, and to your blog. And they remember everything that happens to them throughout
0: their yeah. And the most yeah, and like
1: they're not said, they're not stupid,
2: right? They they can see through your the facade of. Oh, you know, we're going to we're going to support our employees or, oh, you know, we just don't know what to do in this crazy time. They
0: can yeah. see through that. Bullshit. And they probably had a friend who got screwed over by them.
1: Well, they probably had a friend or, that put out the media comment that said, hey, we're not going to screw anybody over. And they had the friend that said, yeah, we screwed everybody on that whole thing that we said we didn't screw so.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's vile. It's awful. And we are definitely gonna see the repercussions next season. And, you know, I hope that somehow the economy gets back to, you know, normalcy in the next couple months. But we don't know. And, you know, the ski industry for most people is uh, a luxury it's something that they they'll they'll buy a pass they'll go on a trip because they have some extra money to spend on it. Well, you know, we're a little more hardcore. And it's a little more in our ingrained in us to make it part of our, our regular life. But how are these resorts, how are these passes gonna survive when it's people... not
1: emoting me to get to that fucking resort right now? Well that's I'm the like, thing it's like I'll go but... ski Europe. Fuck those guys.
0: Well no I'll what about be the... like fuck right but there. How are they gonna how are, guys, they gonna how are they gonna how are they gonna react to this to the people who are you know the a lot of people who would easily not go on a ski trip because financially they can't do it this year. How yeah, are they going to respond that? How is that? Yeah. Can, is their business model totally right. set up it can to withstand that? Can it, yeah. can it take that? And I think we're going to find that out in the next year because yeah. a lot of folks who make a lot of big money off commissions who have lost their jobs recently are not going to have the means to buy those passes and go on those trips that usually would do, you know, again, it's very anecdotal information I have, but go multiple trips a year. Buy those and it's going to be more they competitive this year.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: It's going to be a lot more competitive and I think those independent places that are offering reasonable lift ticket prices and great experiences are going to have a very have have a banner year versus a lot of these places that sold out to the the big two. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. We don't know. We're just yep. uh Having a couple of drinks and talking shit right now, so that's what we'll, we do. We we'll have drinks what, and talk. We'll See what goes down in a couple months. Talk a but bunch of shit. I think we brought up a lot of good points here. I think this is, uh, you know, I think we opened up. We we played. This both is sides the summit right
1: it. here. This is the fucking summit.
0: We brought we. Yep. You know, we're we're all we're intelligent open. and not ingrained yeah. enough. Our, so phones, can our phone lines are open. Both sides of this, you know, we can kind yeah, of talk. Our to phone you lines are open and figure this <laughs> out. So. <laughs>
1: i'm waiting for your call i think
2: and, I, and again i spoke up, 2021 guys it's a new decade what? this what? is when we take our industry back yeah is, that's right, right. We, we are the skiers not them right they're yeah they're the big businesses that took that bought up all the mountains because <laughs> they had the means but they can't exist without us so take it back we have the part of it fiercely support independence um make sure yeah. those little guys get have the revenue so they don't get bought out so, like Read up on the. I'd recommend every read up on the pitchers that own Wolf Creek and how there was a great article in in Powder Magazine this year. How about how they are intentionally fiercely independent,
1: exactly? I like that.
2: And so, and they don't want craps. Like and so help these guys. Like that they have this vision of putting the skiing first. That's what they've always been about. And so make sure that that mountain is supported. Right, get up there, get your day, get a couple days in, and. You know, stay in Pagosa Springs. It's a great little town. And you know, when you're up there, eat that. And you know, it kind of takes you back to your childhood, It's like growing up, like when you used to they used to the best food on the mountain used to be a a, a burger under a heating lamp wrapped in foil. Well, yeah, you know, Wolf Creek's Wolf Creek still has those. So <laughs> go up there. Little nostalgia. Come on, it'll be a fantastic awesome. experience. And but I mean, but where you don't have to find your way to post it. There are independent mountains all over the country. Let's let's make sure we show them that they're still of de- good and delivering yeah. the best experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll, if you're East Coast, I will uh, I will I will go to my grave saying how much I love Magic Mountain. I was there a couple weeks ago. One of the last weekends they were open. I, I waited a combined 15 seconds the entire Friday in lift lines. And I got there a little bit later, probably 11 o'clock. I got to the mountain. I skied from 11 to the last chair at four, just up and down, up and down. I nice. stopped for one pee break. I ate on the chairlift. I had the most fantastic day. That and again, the whole mountain wasn't even open because it was a little bit of a, a wonky weather week. But it was so much fun. It's a gnarly mountain. It's fun. And the people there are fantastic. The Black Line Tavern is dynamite. Jeff, who we've spoken to at uh, a couple different events, he's the owner of it. He is a, a fantastic guy. And he is fiercely independent. And he is keeping that mountain that way. And you know what? It's probably... He's had offers. I know he's had offers to sell out to that new East Coast Vale Pass, Epic Pass, and he wanted no part of it. And we applaud you for that. And... I will make sure I go there more this season because I love what they're doing there. And I love the spirit and the people and the energy there. It's something that it's so easy to get lost and to get caught up in that, that, that veil, that Altera vibe that you can get into. And again, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think we all need to kind of stick to our guns and support the people that we, that we appreciate and that have the ski experience that we want. And, to be honest, how many hardcore skiers really go, I want a veil experience? I mean, none yeah. that I've spoken to.
1: I just think it's I a, think a, a you little need bit of a research on that. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. a little bit of so let's see how they come Three out. guys it. in the
0: basement talking shit. That's my yeah, research. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Not because
2: we can't
1: ski, because we can't ski.
2: But also, cool. maybe another one to point out is there's the fiercely independence, but then there's those that are teetering on the brink. Ah, uh, Sun Valley is a great example. Tell your yeah. Tell your ride. These are guys that they they've opened up to Epic Pass for a couple. Like, what did they offer seven days for yeah. Epic Pass? Like Just it was limited, days. but they're still independent. Sun Valley is owned by the holding family. Um, I don't actually know who owns Tell Your Ride right now.
0: The guy who's um, in jeans and a duster. And jeans, so. Oh, he does. Hat. And a oh, hat, he does. A cowboy hat. He does.
2: but these they're gonna have a decision to make, right? And so word a critical quick where they they could tip towards Vail resorts. Maybe they get bought out. They could tip towards full access on the pass, but they could tip the other way, like A Basin kind of go, you know what? Not for us. Although A Basin just went right to icon. So terrible example. Take that back. Terrible. If you're you're on the brink, you have the chance to kind of do the right thing and 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 realize that maybe Vail, these these this duopoly isn't the future of the sport. And maybe hang on to that independence a little while longer. Uh, to see what you can make happen, because that whole that whole construct may crumble around them in the end anyway. So, if you're if you're teetering, maybe maybe tip yourself in the in the other direction.
0: And plus, too, looking like yeah. we talked about earlier, you know, with this whole coronavirus change, everyone's working remote these days, and you know, perhaps those local independent resorts may, if if they play their cards right, can start drawing people. To perhaps even move to those mountains to to build a community around their mountains instead of, you know, all of us living in these big metro hubs and just, well, I bought an epic pass. I'm gonna go to only a resort that is on my epic pass for vacation. Now we can live wherever we want. Maybe we'll yep. we'll all move to Pagosa Springs. We'll Why set not? up our commune. We'll become well, regular. No, no,
1: school. Pagosa Springs is like very toxic. Don't live near there. Yeah, you stay don't want to be yeah, Don't the fuck away from there. It's like, <laughs> if you want as best as number- poisoning, just go to Pagosa Springs. <laughs> just don't fucking go there.
2: But even think about it. What are the number one, what are consistently rated number one and two ski towns in the US?
1: Never Pagosa Springs. It's never there.
2: Not, yeah, it's, not, it's not even on the map. It's never should, on yeah, the map. Should not, uh, Sun Aspen? Valley, because it's the original. Uh, no. Uh, Sun, Sun Valley and Whitefish nice yeah, sun valley, yeah nice. whitefish these are independent i mean like i said yep. they're teetering uh, uh well yeah. sun valley I, I think whitefish is still independent they're teetering but those are the best two ski and they're not owned by either of those big dogs
1: time out from whitefish so, Boom.
2: so i mean everybody's like i just but what about the ski town i want the best ski town well shit that's still not icon or epic
0: Why is there? Still independent. Two. people want the best ski town but like what what do they want you know like i mean so many people want the, the sweatshirt they can bring home. Like how many people? I, I distinctly remember seventh grade Mr. Moore science class seeing uh, kids in my class with a veil sweatshirt. You know, because they went on some fancy trip on their Christmas vacation with their family and they got their veil sweatshirt. And I was like, Oh, oh, that's cool. They went to Vale. I'm like, I don't know I remember a guy freshman year in high school wearing a Breckenridge sweatshirt like oh cool you went to Breckenridge I'm like I don't know I've never been there like I go to Shawnee on our school trips like Shawnee you know like well, how yeah. many people care more about buying that sweatshirt bringing it home and showing it off than do about skiing yeah I just majority. think you know, well, isn't,
1: you know isn't, when they isn't talk
0: Jackson about Hole,
2: isn't Jackson Hole still independent too just but they they're teetering
1: oh,
0: <laughs> I um, think it's still
2: privately held too I think
0: yeah, they. I rent think the they whole. are privately held. But they they are, are. I think they're, they're on the icon, yeah. aren't they?
3: But, but that's what they, I mean
2: by the teetering. It's a few days. The though. ones that are, yeah. they're 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 taking some of the revenue share in exchange for offering a few days. Yeah. Um. Probably based on lift ticket scans or something. I don't know how it works. But I'm saying there's a bunch of there's a bunch of greats that are still the best towns, the best experiences that are teetering, and we can, it, you know, if, if we got them, if the movement really took off to kind of fight kind of the duopoly. You might be able to reel a couple of these amazing places like Jackson, Sun Valley, and Whitefish back from the brink. Yeah, but we the need Jackson like, when, when
1: you yeah. talk about skiers, like when you're talking to a lot of people, you hear a lot about the independence that are that is amazing, right? You're like, they have to go to, you know, everybody's talking about like you have to go to this place because it's freaking awesome. and independent. Do you hear that much about Vale? All I hear is. You know what? They fucked me on lift lip. It's okay. Like, it it was good terrain, but, you know, a lot of douchebags there. Big line.
0: I don't know. Jackson Hole is owned by Jay Kemmerer. There you go. He he bought the resort in 1992. 92. That was a fantastic investment. I'm going to take a whiz before you. And his family is the board. Under the ropes of the uh, So
2: they're so they're teetering they're they on the brink, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing like Jackson Hole, you know, we were there a couple of years ago, we had a we had a great time skiing there. But you you hear the stories of what, you know, you look at the real estate there. You know, that's something I always oh, yeah. I always like yeah. taking a look at that real estate market is brutal. I mean, you can't you can't touch anything within 30 miles for under a million dollars. It's
1: no,
2: awful. I didn't want to bring up Jackson Hole for that reason is like the affluence is, is a bit out of control there. Um, it is. But I will too- say I did love the town. The town's amazing. And the mountain is insane.
0: It is insane. It's, insane. it's so much fun. There are amazing skiers that come out of there. But again, it's one of those places that over the last decade with, you know, uh, money flowing in from Silicon Valley and, and Wall Street, people have been buying Second, third, fourth, ninth, fifteenth houses in Jackson Hole. You know, I I know you're a fan of Silicon Valley too, but there's the one episode where they just, they have, they joke about going into J Hole and having their house out there. He's like, Yeah, I got a house there. I never go to it though. It's, it's like you hear that. And (laughs) as a skier, you're like, Are you goddamn kidding me? Like, what I wouldn't do to be able to have access to a house in Jackson Hole. And again, maybe this whole purge. This whole coronavirus, everything that's happened to the economy, it may right some of these wrongs that have happened over the last ten or twenty years. Like these people may have to sell off their properties; the property values could decrease. People who actually do want to live there year round, three hundred and sixty-five days, could actually move out there and live there. You know, there there are things that are going to be positive that are going to come from this.
2: Yep, I agree. I agree.
0: So. That was a rant. That was a beautiful rant. Nick, that was a beautiful for, rant. Thank you for bringing your uh your your first-hand epic pass experience to this cuz this is always it's always good to hear someone who had a you know a real a real experience and and really did get kind of screwed over a bit but hopefully they they do make it right but if they don't we will find a way. The you know things will right themselves as they tend to do in the world. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Under the ropes. I think we got one story here. This is the only story that really matters. Again, coronavirus. It's been the uh, the underlying uh, theme of the whole event. God, Portland God. Strip Club forced to close. So you know what? <laughs> I heard this one. They got their dancers to now do delivery. This is a beautiful thing. This is called taking lemons and making lemonade. And you know, go out to work. So
2: the well, lucky aren't they like aren't strippers the original contact
1: free delivery? Oh, I think it should be. Well, it, depends. Yeah. it depends.
0: what state you're in. If contact free, or I think not.
1: every state. That's how it goes.
0: It depends what state. So what's happening at the Lucky Devil Lounge? The state
1: of inebriation is where you're at, and then you know it goes from there.
0: Hey man, it depends how bad that girl is to pay her rent. It how contact free it <laughs> end
1: of the month, you know, like you know, Tommy, you know, same.
0: You got to pay that rent. So, Girls. Lucky Devil Lounge out in Portland.
1: Lucky got, Devil they Lounge. They Everybody. have
0: decided to, to, uh, to right just their business model, and they have now allowed takeout delivery, and they have decided to call the business Boober Eats. Nice. Hilarious. Because, of course. I mean, that's just, it's right in front of your face. Like, why wouldn't you do that? (laughs) So, they got a home delivery service now, which allows scantily Uh, uh, clad strippers, scantily clad strippers will not deliver hot food to your door. It started as a joke, (laughs) but people actually started placing orders. So, the owner of this, Sean Bolden, was like, hmm, let's just. Make this happen. So he decided to, uh, from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., offer Buber eats a full menu from the Lucky Devil Lounge. Same Boober. prices, but delivery rates are generally thirty bucks, varying Ooh. on the distance to the lounge. Very
1: long distance.
0: Wow. So they said that the uh, the the calls are actually pretty funny. Like people are just kind of giddy and and happy to be making this, but now. For those worrying, so I we had a couple I posted this on Twitter and a couple people were a little concerned about the the girls because they're like, so some crazy guy is just going to place an order and he's going to, this girl's going to deliver, he's going to snatch her and go all Harvey Weinstein on her.
1: Yeah, but that's what happens, right?
0: But nay, all dancers are driven and escorted by a security guard. And then they get snatched. And there's at least one rule that carries over from the strip club to the pandemic. No touching the dancers.
1: Oh, they're open to 2.30. I got to say Social 11 a.m. to 2.30.
0: Distancing. So, yeah, so now they've turned their strip club into Boober Eats.
1: So the are saying uh, private Brilliant. dances are $30 per. Just saying.
0: But they got masks. They got gloves. They got sanitizing wipes for the girls. It's great. Now, all these girls who would have had no income... If the if the strip club shut down. Now they have a job. Like that's We'd fantastic. Like We'd this guy, this guy who was a business owner, he found a way to he, he pivoted, as you could say, in the business world. He pivoted his model to accommodate yeah, the moment. And he put his
2: and he put his customers and his employees
1: first. Lesson to all of us. He's doing uh, the
0: Lord's work, really.
1: Yeah. Whoa. I will send you some YouTube on.
0: Oh boy. So apparently, according to damn Kiki, commercials for it, so. said that losing her job was devastating. <laughs> but now,
1: it is all devastating.
0: But yes. now she's here supporting her community and trying to keep maintaining an income flow as best as she can. See, Kiki needs to work. Kiki, Kiki needs, needs to pay to her work. bills. <laughs> Kiki needs to pay her bills. Kiki's got bills. Kiki knows. It ain't going to wax itself. Kiki's got to pay the bills.
1: Bills ain't going to pay themselves, Kiki.
0: That's right. So it said that Bolden, who's the owner, is trying to employ as many people as possible during the club's shutdown. So kitchen staff are cooking orders, security cars are driving dancers, and bartenders are now working the phones and maintaining social media. You know, like, this is... This model is actually fantastic for a lot of small businesses. And we kind of talked about it earlier about how small, small businesses are definitely taking a beating during this epidemic, this pandemic here. But you know what? Think outside the box, find a way there are ways to stay alive, to keep, to keep moving and hustling and staying profitable during this, this funky uncertainty. And,
2: you bring gotta give ruckus. a shout out to Boober man. The ruckus.
0: Yeah, you do. I mean, you really Always got bring the ruckus. Uh, there's, I'm pretty sure in 80 years there's gonna be like the grandson of this guy telling the story of how his <laughs> grandfather <laughs> made this vast fortune.
1: It's to the grandbaby of that girl delivered some Uberich. Like during the goddamn, I remember when my grandmama came up here. She delivered some chicken wings. Boom. <laughs>
0: The pandemic of 2020 was actually the epicenter of where his family's great fortune started because his grandfather pivoted his strip club into a stripper delivery food service. That's right. It's rising
2: from the rubble of the great pandemic.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) We have the Kennedys, we have the Roosevelt's, and we have the Goldens.
1: And that's why I have my fleet of planes, the Boober Eats planes that go everywhere and deliver Boober Eats.
0: You go to their website, they have a whole section called Dante's Pizza Slut.
1: Dude, I'm like creating my own order right now.
0: I'm getting the Boneyard CBD Passion Orange Doda. <laughs>
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, you picked that too?
0: Damn. And this guy's charging a buck fifty for a can of Sprite. God bless America.
1: Oh, that's cheaper than New York City. <laughs> New York City is nobody on the street right now. I guarantee it's like two fitty.
0: Dude, New York City is freaking I am legend right now.
1: <laughs> nobody I, ever, I just want to ride around my uh, on my bike, just zip around there. scooter. Do you should get like fucking bowler ass scooters, just corona mass and scooters just ride around
0: and just blast empire state of mind the whole time. <laughs> White claws, six bucks a piece.
1: Vadello bottle, five bucks. What do you think of that? Yeah. I like that. All right. So any uh any fi- growler. Any final $20. thoughts, or
0: comments as we're two hours and 40 minutes in?
1: I like the uh boober eats and um it's a uh, win-win right cool. there. Yeah.
0: I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think we've discussed a lot of important topics, and I think
1: <laughs> while we're on the corona quarantine, I hope everybody stays safe. Um
0: don't be stupid stay inside Yep. keep your family safe that's the most important thing we'll get through this
1: yep don't go back country by yourself just because you're all cramped up inside and it's fucking snowy as fuck outside just don't get into trouble
0: oh and just one saying. thing i want to mention i think i i mentioned it to you guys in our, our little text string earlier i did purchase that uh that little ski trainer bad boy did you
2: I that. yeah i you did did, huh
0: i bought the uh the AeroSki. ski. So shout nice. out to Frank. Thank you for sending that over to us. Thanks, Frank. You know what I should get it in a few weeks. I'm gonna try it out and uh I will give a very honest review because I'm paying with my hard earned, goddamn fake government cranked out dollars. So nice. yep. we'll see how it is. If it sucks.
1: Your promissory know. notes, you play, pay payment promissory notes.
0: If it's amazing, I will tell you it's amazing. If it sucks, I will tell you it sucks. So I'm excited about Look it. And according Look to the, the to website, you cannot use it with a shirt on. Apparently you have to be, <laughs> you have to be shirtless. So get ready for some Instagram.
1: Dude, that looks gay as fuck. That little app that you showed me. I was like, yeah. God damn.
0: It's got a virtual reality headset that comes with it too. So I can pretend <laughs> I'm seeing Alps
1: Or a Whistler. With Peter and, and, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shake me, I'm, girl. I'm gonna have Peter Vackel and Mickey Krause a blast as I'm skiing in my, oh my reality world.
1: Oh my god, it's, that's horrible. So there you go. Yeah. yeah,
0: it is what it is.
1: Hey, I, I got the Theodent. You saw that in the uh, thing. Yes. Yeah my my enamel is gonna be fucking. It's already awesome. Beautiful. We'll see how it is at the end of the week. <laughs> it's fucking great right now. I'm looking at my enamel. I'm saying, wow, this is fucking great.
0: Enamel <laughs> AF.
1: Right now, I'm looking at like, fucking, how do you get this delivery thing? <laughs> it's not going to come over here, is it?
0: Pretty sure Portland to, to uh, Tampa area bitches. is a little bit out of their jurisdiction. Damn it. Doesn't like Ebor City have a similar thing?
1: They got a lot. Yeah, they got a lot. They
0: can deliver stuff to you. Yeah. Coronavirus, <laughs> gonorrhea. It's a full package. <laughs> They got it uh, all. It's such a
1: container rain, that goes yeah. down. You
0: pour some yeah. white claw on your snatch, you're good to go. It's all clear. Go. Yeah, it's all clear. Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us this week. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we got a chance to to do this. It's been far too long.
1: Far thank too you. long, Nick.
0: Yes. And it's it's we will ski together again soon. And I assure you next like we've talked about this year has really brought clarity and uh an honest mirror to look at our lives and determine if this is really what matters the most
1: i agree i
2: I really believe talking about that this 2021 man this is the season that it all happens it all comes
0: together we have to keep calling each other out on our bullshit because we're going to make this happen and we're going to finally live that ski mountain commune life we've always talked about nice
2: yeah we're gonna look back as as gray old men you know hanging up our skis and many many years from now saying it was the season of 2021 it all happened then you know from the rubble of the great pandemic
0: (laughs) yes rose (laughs) like mighty skiing phoenixes Dude, one of Benjamin's favorite books every night that I read to him is The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. I have this like, oh, really nice. cool illustrated oh. version of it. Very good book. He loves it. He loves it. And I, I keep reading it and I keep looking at my sellout bitch little life. And I go, it's oh, time to take the road not taken because nice. I can't, I can't oh. read him this book and live the lie of taking the bullshit road.
2: You need to you need to send me the link so I can order that for Isla. I I, I think I got to do the same. That sounds awesome.
0: It's it's a beautifully illustrated book, and he loves it, and it's fantastic. So Sweet. that'd be like the first thing he memorizes, and you know, uh, well, after the movie Cars, which he loves too. So Aww.
1: <laughs> life is a highway.
0: It is. He loves the Rascal Flatts version. He asks Alexa to play it all the time.
1: Right. <laughs> Good movie. <laughs>
0: It is a great movie. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Check us out at SkiBumPodcast.com. Nick, thank you again so much for joining us. Love having you on. It's always a good time catching up. Why Love we don't do more guys. often Thanks is so stupid. Much. Oh, pleasure. Uh, check us out, SkiBumPodcast at gmail.com for an email. We are on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at SkiBumPodcast. Buy some merch on our site, shop. Subscribe. Spotify. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher find us there and YouTube (laughs) SoundCloud we're there too so thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week
1: stay high stay food see ya peace